Luke Byron, Tom Kennett, Alex Jones and Jack Harper. It's the Spitballing Pod. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. You know we've been fighting for one and still fighting to this day. To this day. Aguero! Surprise, motherfuckers. Back out to Allen. History pointer. Bang! I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a bow. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might be. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, today joined by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and uh, what seems like every week now we have uh, Troy Weaver back in the house. So uh, no hypotheticals for you this week, Troy, so you do get off a bit lightly with yeah. uh, our intro. <laughs> yeah, I'll just keep turning up as long as someone don't yeah. come. <laughs> we'll give you a bit of a... Uh, plug to get into at the end so as we mentioned the last couple of weeks Alex was off to the world championships in Nice he sent me some uh, voice notes to get into at the end so you can hear that if you want to hear it from start to finish Jack we got into last week your theory about uh, jumping off a platform here we go and um, so the content we all listen for yeah so the words you said as we were about to finish was um now, I don't think they've done this on Mythbusters or anything. Listener of the pod actually got in touch with me this no week. No way. And said, uh, you, all excited, you're not going to believe this. They have actually done this on Mythbusters. No way. Yeah. So what they did so it's is... it's a feasible thing. Well, you're some way right in the theory of it, but in practicality, the person does die. So the way they do it is they put them in a lift shaft going down and right before they're about to crash into the bottom, jump up. How many times have they tried? How many people died for this test to be I'll, run? I'll put, yeah, I'll put the uh, YouTube link in the description for if anyone wants to check it out. So walk me through it then. Is it, so is, it Can it be done? Essentially, even with the speed, if you really do time, you can jump up. So they say they were going down at, I should have taken the figures down. I got the second figure. You're going down at God knows what speed. If you can only imagine, this is from... Well, it, the terminal velocity is imperative here because that technically means that the object can't go any faster. So if you jump off, you're not going to be adding any downforce to the falling object. All right, so you're not going to be safe either way then. So this is blown the whole theory. You had an out by saying it was just the lift. They say that even with the jump, he was still crashing into the floor at above 57 miles an hour which was enough. So the head came off the dummy. <laughs> yeah, but that's a dummy. That's not a person. They claim that this can strongly imitate. Right, okay. But, okay, so to follow on from this theory then, you could run up a falling object, could you not? So, for example... Like a thing. <laughs> right. So, you know... He's and literally I'll, got this clip from The Hobbit of yeah, him I'm running gonna, I'm up gonna, some I'm stones go- in midair yeah, and firing go- an arrow. I'm going to reference this. So Legolas in The Hobbit does ru- run up a collapsing building. That is feasible. Is it? Tell me it isn't. I've seen it. I've seen like parkour people do it. 
There's loads of good uh, 80s Shaolin movies as well where they're doing all sorts of stuff like that. Exactly. I buy, I, I buy that and I still, it I was, bought it and I still buy it. It was. I'm a full believer of I believe whatever I see on TV. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, my brother that got in touch with it. He exactly. said he, he was um, motivated by the critique you've been giving Newcastle on the podcast. <laughs> to prove me wrong. <laughs> well, they're pretty much like a falling building I anyway. Actually, like, can they uh, run up that? I know. You've had this ongoing with um, Archie for I a have, while, yeah. and uh, I actually got in touch with him, and then we agreed to keep it under wraps no, until no. revealing it. Now, I did tell him to send me a voice note to play after it's been revealed, but he hasn't got so in touch with that. So bottled it basically. So, uh, so basically, that it could happen because he's bottled it completely. <laughs> you don't know until someone tries it. Can we get a sponsored spitball falling building run? Look, if any of us, Alex, it might impact his uh, triathlons, but if any of us, I mean. I've got a career, but not one that's going to pay me a big fortune. So if we think get some sponsors in here and I can be the one that jumps. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I can get on board with that as well. I like that Jack's been had enough conviction about this, but won't do it himself. He's got you in doing <laughs> Well, delegation is the key to good management. All right, so we'll get on to something else just after. I know... Uh, we did this for Connor last year where we picked his NFL team. He went on to get the Rams who went to the Super Bowl. So After we, we all laughed. Yeah. So we're gonna do we're gonna do Troy's during this intro to get him set for the season. Yeah, I'm just I'm just coming back to the NFL season uh game. Used to uh, used to follow it quite a bit back in the day. Um like I said to Luke last night, I was a fan of the Raiders uh, back then. He told me stay well clear these days. <laughs> so uh, yeah, things have gone south. <laughs> yeah, me and Byron went to go watch them at Wembley last year, and um, we stupidly wore our Raiders hats. And like, I kid you not, it was like eighty, ninety percent of the stadium were like Seahawks fans, <laughs> and so we were just sat there. And there was like people that had the gall to come up to us and go like, "Way," as if as if I'm that invested because I because yeah. I've got a Raiders cap on. I was there like. What are you doing? <laughs> well, Troy, if just, you want to uh, give this wheel a spin. Okay. Do I just hit the middle button? Just give it a little oh, flick. Actual spin. Oh, shit. Oh. Where are we going? Where are we going? We're going to the brains? Oh. I think it actually... Oh, it's one away from oh, the Cleveland Oh, brains. Cardinals. <laughs> Could they be still St. Louis? Arizona. Oh, was they ever St. Louis? That is ringing St. Louis Cardinals. I, I don't that know. Maybe that's a, a baseball team or something. Mm. They the yeah, they were the Rams. Yeah. This is like when Joe Rogan <laughs> and them boys talk about cricket and <laughs> stuff like that. So, some guy in America right now is getting fucking angry with me. I'm sorry to you. Did you see the, there was a clip that uh, was on Twitter today with thousands of retweets and it was like the Joe Rogan pod summed up and he was yeah, talking. great. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, wasn't he talking about like some fifth dimensional other worldy stuff and he said, get up that video of that guy hitting the moose with his car <laughs> I saw like the top comment on there was like he didn't mention DMT yeah. or hunting elk so it can't be so something that just kind of popped up today and just flashed me back there's no anniversary of this but do you remember when um, Malky Mackay was busted for, for the text on his phone where he'd been sending he was had yes. those like racist he had like the checklist like racist sexist homophobic they had like Chinese owners where yeah. he'd said something about he was saying something about women and did he lose his job off the back of that or I think it was a bad combination of being shit and also having that. It was unfortunate. <laughs> well, 
who's uh, oh, I forgot his name, the Leicester boss who lost his job because his son, person. yeah, because yeah. his son was uh, piping some lady boys in Thailand. Well, it, it was that and that ostrich comment, and no one understood what he was coming. He was like, "You are an ostrich," <laughs> and everyone's like, "What on earth is he on about here?" And he's like, "The sticking the head in the sand thing," and that got explained after the press conference. So everyone just sat around in complete stunned silence. <laughs> So something. So I do have a bit of it on this day. Uh, today in sport, 1972, the Soviet Union beat the United States 51-50 in the most controversial game in international basketball history, with the US leading 50-49. The final three seconds is replayed three times until the Soviets finally win. What was the re- what was the reasoning for that? So just foul get fouls given and pulled back, or they just they just found a fault every time and they just <laughs> redid it until until they won, and then they were signed with it afterwards. <laughs> Doesn't sound like them. They usually stand up guys, the old Soviets. Yeah. <laughs> if we get into some film talk, I think some of our best conversations in the last couple of weeks have been where we've just kind of started with a film and gone from there. So we've seen a lot of hype in the last week or so with the Joker movie apparently winning all these awards at film festivals. Do you think it can be successful while people still hold Heath Ledger up to be this like unstoppable guy? Yeah. I think Heath Ledger was so iconic he made the joker his own which is quite difficult when you consider how many jokers there have been and how many good jokers there's been over the years as well but there's some a-list names in there um yeah yeah i love jim carrey i'm a big jim carrey fan but it's the fact that it was like the dark side of it it was like usually it's kind of this joke figure that haha he's just crazy but it's that kind of like mental why he just wants to see the world burn kind of thing isn't that more down to the to the writing? I know he's a great he was a great well, actor and stuff, but the things that he he says in the film, he didn't he didn't say them off this, his own this back, is, did he? The thing that irritates me with this is these Balotelli level stories that go around about you, how he you will character. Not, you will not convince me that he locked himself in a hotel room for three months, did not get out of character once, and really got himself in the mind of the Joker. You can't convince me of Appar- that. No, appar- apparently, no, no, apparently that is true and that's how he got addicted to painkillers no, which it, is it, what it, killed it, him. It, it, you, people can say it's true but it's one of them where but it's like the for, story is better than the actual truth. But it, yeah, there is that but you know that the scene, the, the famous scene of the hospital blowing up and they only had like one take of it Yeah, and he's like stays in character and well, starts smacking a, he's the controller. A good, he's a good actor obviously but you're not telling me I mean if he's in character that much for three months he would have killed someone. Well, he, yeah, well, he did. Him, yeah, well, he did himself. Do you know what I mean? And that's 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 kind of You've what. Taken ha- a turn, yeah. No, but that, that's, that is what happened. Like, <laughs> it was he, all just one method acting. Yeah, he, he he got so in his own head about it. Apparently, he did another film after. He should have got so into that role, that Cloud Atlas film. <laughs> Cloud Atlas. He was still the Joker. In fact, actually, no, he had to. He was the Joker playing Heath Ledger. Because he was because he was so into it. The Joker consumed it. This film's going to come out, and no matter how good it is. I, I'm very hesitant to believe any time I see a review these days because the best reviews seem to be the worst films. But there's going to be so many people who are literally just not going to give it a chance at all. Well, it's like Jared Leto when he was the Joker in Suicide Squad. You heard all you heard yeah. all the stories they about cut him. They all the scenes out. In like, yeah, like pissing in people's like cereal and stuff like that and just, <laughs> just being a general bastard. There was a Twitter post that uh, went around this week in like, you know, like woke Twitter saying it's a disgrace that we shouldn't still be making Joker films because we shouldn't be idolising someone who's abusive to women, mentally ill, and glamorising it because it's going to make young men believe 
that they can now become someone like this and it's a cool thing. Yeah, but Stan Collinwood did all those things. <laughs> <laughs> you need yeah. you need to see the it's like a full you know, where they write it in their notes. No, I, I I get it, I get it. And you've seen a lot of it in this, with um this kind of James Bond. So I don't have any films ever then. Well that's it. And <laughs> yeah, it's been the same it's it's the release of reality, isn't it? And it's been able to separate the reality from what you're seeing on the screen. But I'm seeing a lot of that again going to the woke Twitter side things. Um, about James Bond being oh, given it's like a female role. And people are going like, oh, there's this thing where James Bond is actually the code name and it's just loads of different agents using someone. I was like, did you not watch Skyfall? You see, like, his dad, Bond. You, you, you see his dad with Bond on his tombstone in his house where he grew up. And you hear all of his backstory and the, the guy that he pushed out of the nest as a child and spoiler alert and all of that. But you can't, there's just some things that you can't make. It's, it's no. just not a gender fluidity issue. It's just, no. it is just a secret agent called James Bond. And of all the things, I don't know why that's, James Bond is, is our biggest problem. Yeah. Of all the sexist it's things. A, it's, if it's, anything, there's not been enough sexism in the recent James Bond. Yeah. That's what's let it down. It's exactly. And it's Sean well, Connery would be looking at that yeah. thinking, come on, suffer us. Yeah. What's Daniel Craig doing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I remember when I used to read the Metro on the way to work. And I remember back then, and this maybe shows how times changed, that the big controversy was that people were complaining that they should show James Bond putting on a condom because to show people wow. to be more responsible. And that was like, this is a big issue. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my thing with it, the whole thing is, is I think most women are probably, I'm going to spit, I'm going to be the mouthpiece for the women here. So <laughs> hate incoming. Yeah. But I can imagine most women would probably think, keep James Bond a man. Why, why can't we create our own fucking yeah. shit? You know what I mean? Like that's that's equality. That's not. In fairness, they otherwise have tried it's and just they are usually very bad. Yeah, but it's it's the way that they've been yeah, gone yeah. about putting forward all, to if, it. If it's you know what I mean? Kill Bill's a, a cool film. You know, usually, like it didn't bother me that that's a woman. I was lead. saying, I was saying this earlier. Kill Bill is the original. That's actual feminism. That's what they should yeah, be like. At. That's a badass film. Yeah, Instead, like Amazonian the, women and shit. Like they're they're strong women. Obviously, I know that's completely different. Kill Bill, but yeah, there's there's <laughs> other there's other aspects like to strong women. I feel usually, like we're getting into if some it's shit. Gonna be here, a but, woman, yeah. It's going to be a female KGB agent every time. I mean, we survived <laughs> we survived the podcast when we debated. Um, whether women and men could ever compete in sport together. And I think that was the worst things got. Actually, TK said something a while back, I had to take out, so I can't say <laughs> that. Or I'd have to take it out again. But um, <laughs> that was quite bad. If Yeah, I mean, that that is the main thing. You've got to have a different, separate thing. I mean, even if it's a case of, you know what, how Star Wars are done with Star Wars and you, um, Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. And uh, solo story. Well, and I didn't think Rogue One was as bad as people. Rogue One's actually one of my favourite ones because it's actually slightly different to all the other Star Wars movies. Because you look at all of them, and especially the sequels and the original trilogy, they're carbon copies of the same film. Yeah. But we still lap it up because we love Star Wars. I love Star Wars, and I've just TK doesn't. I've just liked yeah, seeing them go. I just like seeing them go down a different route. Do you know what I mean? Like Rogue One is so completely different. There's no Jedi in it for a start, which is really interesting. Jack will probably prefer you two not liking Star Wars to my still belief that Episode Three is the best Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. I mean, it is good if you're looking at special effects purely for Story mental mental well. battle scenes and things like that. And it, yeah. when he kills the younglings. Yeah, <laughs> you see all the memes of that, don't you? And it's like when he goes to pick up his pick up his mum from the sand people, and he's like telling um, what's the face Padme about it, and he's like, 
the ones didn't just kill the sun people. It's like they killed the women and children too. And it was like, there's so many memes off yeah. the back of that yeah. as well. It's like, it wasn't just, yeah. See, I, I've seen the, the Family Guy trilogy. So I do feel like I know the fucking basis of it. The kid, you know. the kid that played um, Anakin Phantom Menace went mental as well. That's why he never had, he never had a big role after that. Yeah. So that seems like something that was destined to happen. I feel like he was always going to go off the rails, that kid. Yeah. yeah. Most. Yeah. He charms me each time you watch it. Well, I think I can't believe you're going to grow up to be this nasty man. What, what did he do? He just got right into character as well. Maybe yeah. like Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> he consumed it. Put balance to the force. Like Home Alone, like basically, you know, same situation. They're remaking Home Alone. Oh, Disney good. doing it again. Someone said that they want them to cast Macaulay Culkin still, but as like the eight-year-old and just have none of the cast acknowledge it in the film. So he just acts like he's the eight-year-old the whole time. I think that would actually probably get more box office. <laughs> yeah. So a bit of trivia here that I just... Uh, saw this morning with the new Rambo film coming out next week which I think is like the 5th or 6th so first of all did you know only one person dies on camera in Rambo 1 that's the guy that, that gets shot on the rocks yeah. I thought I assumed that like like even from memory that, that yeah. so many people but but as soon as you said it I was like yeah that guy yeah. gets shot on the rocks so, and I can't think of any others <laughs> so now that we're on to like god knows which one um the ending for the first one was actually meant to be completely different because it follows a book and they say that instead of going peacefully where he kind of hands himself in in the end, yeah. essentially, um, he takes that uh, Trautman, his commanding officer from Vietnam's pistol, uh-huh. and says, uh, you train me, you made me, you'll kill me, you owe me that. And then pushes it to his stomach and then without a word, the commander just pulls the trigger okay. and walks away in this... Screen so, yeah, cuts away, and that's how it was going to end. Yeah, because but obviously Hollywood thought Stallone. It, we we know about Rocky uh, series. Like, let's get him on another. It says a lot when the description I saw in it said uh, this was where Stallone showed that his true acting potential with this moment at the end. Do you know what? He doesn't speak for about forty minutes in the yeah. film. Like at the beginning of the film, he says probably two words. That job was the easiest job that he could have ever done. Rambo one. In fact, in in the first three. He barely says a word. So from just talking about films then, I had an idea for a new feature for us, which I'll float out now and whether we take it up or not, I have a couple of things to give a little idea as to how it could go. So I don't know about any of you, but I often love a shit film just as much as a good film when Um, it's like a shit, shit film. Yes. Are we talking kind of Sharknado Levels yeah, of so what, what I've what I've proposed is I go straight to the eighties yeah. and just go from there. Like I love it. What I've proposed is that each week I will use a random generator on IMDb that will select an English speaking film that has at least a hundred people have put a rating on it. Doesn't no minimum rating, and I'll present three films. And each week, whoever's turn it is has to watch the film that week. Come back, no matter how good or bad it is. <laughs> but what I've done is with no nothing more than the synopsis of the film i've taken a deep dive into imdb with the help of some other people that have done this and just got some of the strangest bios of a film that you'll see ranging through the years and we'll say whether we would watch them or not hopefully no one picked this up the cats are doing a mad one in the corner <laughs> first one from 2010 and this will start us off on a good foot it's called if we if you ever get to heaven 
two sisters, three children, a monk and Elvis find themselves traveling the medieval pilgrim route to San Diego de Compostela in northern Spain in a VW campervan. <laughs> I mean, where do you go from that? I mean, that... <laughs> that sounds like an investigation waiting to happen. Yeah. The monk and Elvis can't be doing that in yeah. this day and age. I feel like that's a slight ripoff of another film. I can't think of the name of the film. It's like from the 90s and it's basically a guy and a woman that kidnap a couple of kids and go like all the way across the like oh, the oh west and like the guy looks just like Alvis and they they bump into like some sort of fucking bishop along the way <laughs> of, is this the film? it's like mississippi <laughs> something Seems strange enough too <laughs> yeah it does doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> all right next one then go back to the year 2000 titanic the legend lives on now this isn't going to be what you expect <laughs> Cinderella meets her Prince Charming on the ill-fated Titanic. Along for the ride are a rapping dog, other talking animals, and an assortment of wacky humans. <laughs> where where can you get these? It's got to be a cartoon. Uh, it wasn't, no. no. It wasn't a cartoon. Uh, no, no, I'm looking at the wrong one. This one was a cartoon. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say they've wasted a lot of CGI yeah, exactly. budget there. <laughs> yeah. well, this one, I need to make sure my pronunciation is perfect or we really could be taken off the That's air. one thing you will have to do though, Lucas, filter out children <laughs> films because otherwise we could be watching Bob the Builder and all of these type of things. Like, what did you think of it then? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, this one's from 2009 and the film is called <clears throat> Jiggers. <laughs> Set in beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait for the synopsis. Set in beautiful Prince Edward Island, Jiggers tells the story of an asthmatic step dancer who overcomes his disability with the help of a struggling hip hop artist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake! An asthmatic, <laughs> asthmatic step dancer. <laughs> hey, we all know one. We all know one. <laughs> I saw this pop up and thought, I need to do this. But oh my God. If I like cough at the same time as saying it, people are going to be after my head. Yeah. <laughs> this, oh. The fact that it's 2009, that was only 10, only 10 years ago. Oh, that's crazy. 2009 was obviously a big year. Tijuana makes me happy. A boy will do anything to become a man and win the heart of a young prostitute. Even fight his rooster. <laughs> what? <laughs> I feel like we should have clips of these. Like, oh my god! I think we're gonna have to kind of literally choose one of these and watch at least two. <laughs> yeah, everyone gets the signed one. Yeah, the asthmatic stepdad. Yeah, I think. yeah, that one. Yeah. Well, the cartoon with the rapping dog on Titanic. Ooh. I feel like I could pro- possibly trick my missus into watching <laughs> the, the one with the asthmatic uh, dancer and all. I reckon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do what's the What's the name of that film? Jiggers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I bet you can't say that three times in a row. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those where I just kind of say, oh, yeah, it was on the Cannes Film Festival. No one knows about it. It's really indie. Kind of sucker them in with that one. Yeah. Hang on. Sort these bloody cuts out. All right, leave them in here. I'll do it after. Yeah. All right, next one then. The Shoe Fairy, 2005. Dodo is indulged in collecting and wearing beautiful high heels until she encounters an accident and loses her legs. So what's, th- what's the rest? You in there. So what's the rest of the premise of that film? Then? 
probably just, getting rid of all these high heels that she yeah. can no longer wear. And just come into terms with life about, it's probably some sort of real materialistically aimed film. She at, takes at, up step dancing. Like teenage girls or some shit. She takes up step dancing <laughs> for its harassment. It's a no what from me anyway. Do? Put it out, it's a no from me. You know that's going to be a part as well, where she tries to put her high heels on the stumps. And just tries to like walk around. You can just see it now. And like the kind of yeah. dejected music over the background. The bit that they was really thinking, this will get us the Oscar. Yeah. This bit here. In most of these, you'll find the recognisable actor or actress has at least appeared in something you know. Oh, They're not all just like independent films. Some of these are like, they probably thought they were blockbusters. But went straight to DVD. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking with that, from what we hear about how hard it must be to wear heels, it might actually be less painful wearing them in stumps. That's like I saw these people that climbed to the top of Mont Blanc with no legs, and I was thinking, well, it's all good and well, but you've got less of your body to ache. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, this, this like, you're not gonna like get a broken foot, iron. From from what I've heard, stumps fucking ache. So like, I'd rather have the feet aching on me than just. How many people are you asking? No, but, but no, I know this yeah because there was a lad that went to our school. Strangely enough, he was the same lad that had a green shit behind the, 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 the sheds. <laughs> Green, a green poo. When I, was, when I spoke to uh, Troy the other week after our conversation, Jack, it's when we got Troy on the week after. He's like, I wish I would have been on last week when you were talking about the shits in your urinals. Boy, I had some stories for that. <laughs> yeah, there's some mad shit at our school. But anyway, he uh, lost his legs. Um, he had like bad diabetes or something. And he just. No, zero like high I, heels. I feel like I might know. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. he came to our youth club once back when we had like. Uh, DJ Dex and stuff like that oh. and people used to like MC in the club and everything and he got on the mic and just basically rapped a 50 cent lyric <laughs> for the whole time there was a, there was quite a few people of colour in the room and uh, he dropped the M-bomb quite a few times because the 50 cent lyrics were what they were you know what I mean but um, but yeah I, I've kind of gone off the from, from my original thing but anyway he used to always moan about how his stumps ached <laughs> Maybe it's just because he got a beating for rapping 50 Cent all the time. <laughs> well, if, if we go back to 1937 now, so these aren't just a new thing, and this one's a bit longer, but you'll get the idea. It's called Seven Slaps. William McFab loses seven pounds in the stock market and decides to slap the man who was responsible for the stock manipulation that caused him to lose his money. Aster Turbanks, the stock market manipulator, is surprised the next day when he gets soundly slapped by McFab and the latter promises to deliver one a day for the next seven days. Turbanks' daughter Daisy is amused by the procedure and is attracted to McFab. (laughs) (laughs) Slap my daddy. (laughs) Things are a bit simpler back then. Plots are a bit simpler. What year did you say that one was? 1937. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that works for that time period, doesn't it? Last one on the list then, uh, The Unfish from 1997. Sophie inherits her uncle's preserved whale and finds out that whoever sleeps in the whale's belly with her will be granted one wish. That causes chaos and hatred in the village. <laughs> well, so it's, it's an unlimited amount of wishes if you sleep. You're granted one wish if you sleep in the whale's belly with her. So you're talking just sleep in... Catching some Z's. I or... didn't. I didn't see what certificate it was, but yeah. I mean, does she get the wish as well, or is it just the person that she sleeps with in the whale? I think this might have been the inspiration for Good Luck Chuck. Just that <laughs> was toned down a lot yeah. more. So she inherited this. Who first found out that look, you sleep in this whale? 
<laughs> Trust me. <laughs> the same people that find out that if you, you know, fucking drink this milk from a cow's tit, it's quite nice. So yeah, do we, we don't need to go into all of that. Do you reckon we've got like unlimited wishes from all this milk drinking? Yeah. And, we just, and we just don't know who to ask. We're arrogantly, yeah. not, we're arrogantly not wishing enough. Yeah. We're just thinking, no, that can't be real. <laughs> it's got a 6.3 on IMDb. Wow, that's, that's pretty high. Yeah. It's German, actually, Jack. You could uh, learn tra- your German yeah, with this. Yeah, your translator on. Um, Final Destination films. Great all, films. all great. Yeah, literally all of them. They're, they're, they're like rated like four and stuff like that from IMDb. It's, it literally is. It's, it's unreal. We're, just having a, we're all just having a little look <laughs> at the, uh, the picture here of Jiggers. And um, yeah, it's, it's probably... Is that the guy I think it is? Looks like... Looks like, like the guy from uh, Anchorman. You know, the bold one. No. Do you know what I mean? What film was it? When was that from well, again? It was the early 2000s, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, him. Yeah, he always plays like a real southerner. Isn't it like... Was it Bats, the chicken of the cage? The cave, sorry. That's one of my favourite ever quotes. <laughs> False alarm. It's not him, unfortunately. No. Now, a lot of these people were just all in the same film, so I imagine they had a bit of success with the first. Well, that's got a 7.5 jiggers, by the way. That's pretty That's pretty good. It's down as comedy, drama, family, and music. Ah, bit of music too. Well, we knew that, actually, rapping in it, but yeah. There's no reviews, so anyway, we have a lot to get into today, so we'll move... We'll move on to maybe slightly more serious tone, but this could go anywhere. Yeah, that was so. a good feature. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so the the topic that we're going to start with today is a big selection of what-ifs. The international breaks on, usually we are somewhat struggling for inspiration on these weeks rather than just doing the same thing and we'll wait and do the Champions League group stage predictions until it comes a bit closer. So I've got all sorts here. Some of them I'm sure will just be a pretty simple answer. Some of them a bit more detailed than the others. And if you have any that pop into your head as we go through, then feel free to fire them out. First one, Jack, you'll have uh, quite a bit to do with this. Uh, what if Roman Abramovich wasn't rich? <coughs> wasn't rich? Yeah. But he wouldn't have bought Chelsea, would he? No, exactly. Um, well, Jesper Gron- thanks to Jesper Gronkriar's goal, we did get Champions League football. So the chances are we could have sprung on from that. But at the same time... Ken Bates wasn't really an investing kind of owner at the time. He set a lot of the debts, which is we're grateful for. But yeah, you could probably say that we, you know, when um, I don't know what's the best way to put this. Like Newcastle got into the Europa League and then failed and got relegated. It's that you could almost see a similar tangent. But we did have higher stock of players. You think like Marcel Desailly. Gallas, Do you think some, Johnson, someone Hasselbank. else would have just come straight in and bought Chelsea? Or- I, I think so, yeah, because you could. We, one, we were up for sale. They knew that Ken Bates wanted to sell. Two, we're in the Champions League. Three, the main pool is the fact that it's West London. It's the most... It's well, it, yeah, if not the most affluent place in the UK. If I mean, if there's any... Yeah, yeah, exactly. So to own a football team there only seems about right. It's like a good jewel in the crown. So I could... It's quite... A marketable re- like real estate. Whereas you look at teams like Newcastle, for example, where there's nothing there. They haven't got any, there's football and industry and there's no industry anymore. And Mike actually cannot sell. They're battling relegation. It's all looking rather bleak. It's a story from the thing with the Chelsea one when Robbie Fowler went to Leeds from Liverpool, sort of a couple of years before that. Um, 
he had been linked with Chelsea and could have gone there, but he was like, well, look, everyone knew Chelsea were in financial ruin, so I couldn't go there. They were going to get tits up. He went to Leeds. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're fucking wrong. Yeah. All right, TK is probably one for you. What if Liverpool hadn't lost Suarez? What was the ceiling? I think we kind of found out what the ceiling was at the time, didn't we, on, on that team? It was, had a good run at it, couldn't defend for shit. You, eventually get found out I'm sure we will come on to another what if along this season later on around certain fellas slipping over I imagine well if we're if we're saying with this if we kind of take it a bit further so we're saying that Suarez retires at Liverpool in this what if scenario do you not think Suarez do do Liverpool still go on to buy these players I mean we with all these they're all going to be separate we're not having Abramovich doesn't buy so this doesn't happen this but has, has Barcelona won the Champions League since Suarez has been there? Once. Once. Yeah. Right, okay. So he has got a Champions League. Mm. Yeah. Well, if he stays, we probably do well enough that Rodgers never gets sacked. You've probably got a trophy or two in there. Did he win the league? Probably not. I don't think we signed most of the players we've signed now. I, I, I think, think he probably... probably in, all right. in a way, I think he could have People over some of the, the team around him more. If you look at when Gerard he was there, was on his way out. our recruitment wasn't anywhere near as good at the time. We bought quite a lot of shit, mm. and it seemed that lessons were kind of learned after that. Bit so whether with the manager, you kind of had to lose him to do that. I don't know because are you going to sign like the front three now that we had and other players? If you still add him, probably not. The thing that yeah, what come back to the front three you have now? So I hear Liverpool fans wax lyrical, and I do see the job that Firmino does. What? Suarez have done the same himself his job to feed Mane and Salah it's, it's tricky isn't it he, he did have a good he work rate but then he did also want to bang in extra goals yeah. Yeah, he could have been perfect for he, it in theory. He was, he's like the unicorn isn't he Like he makes goals for himself mm. Like yeah. you'll make chances whereas a lot of strikers need someone to feed them yeah he can kind of do both sides of it can't exactly. he? he can be created for and he can create his own chances yeah. If Salah didn't like Mane shouting at him, he wouldn't have liked it from Suarez. <laughs> what if Liverpool hadn't sacked Roy Hodgson? You don't need to answer that. You'd have, you'd have well, won the league. Yeah, well, England w- wouldn't have had him, so we wouldn't have got knocked out to Iceland. England should have stuck with Roy. No chance. Yeah. I'm not. He's doubling down on that. No so chance. I stand by that. He what? was probably the hate- most hated man in England after that game. I was calling for his head, not his job, his head. I was, call- I was calling for Gerard's. That header back to Suarez, he meant that. What if Suarez had joined Arsenal? I had this one, though. I, I, I think if they don't win the league, they come very, very close. I think, for example, the year Leicester ended yeah, up winning it, I think Arsenal well, yeah, probably won it. That was won the it year, wasn't it? The, 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 like, the season before that we were in for him. I'm just trying to... like vision in my head what squad we were actually working with at that time a year or two after mm. I, th- uh, I think you'd have gone from contenders yeah, to so not he could have taken he could have taken you over that yeah. that I line mean, I think if we'd have got a Bamiyang even the defense at that time wasn't quite as bad as as, you it, know, is as, as it later pres- became so present moment he yeah. could have been enough to sort of drag you in through that I think you think 2015 at still as well yeah. was a joke he had yeah. 16 assists Much- by Christmas yeah, he was a yeah. We actually seen the real Ozil that season. I'm not sure if it was you because know, of the players before, that were around him or what. I don't know. Before this season, his his stats were 108 goals and assists in 191 games. That's far better than 
the narrative is for him. And I've said that I know the stats don't think, tell you. I think you a lot of them are it. Europa League kind of Ludigrat style teams. Though. No, they were actually just way back. He right. got loads up front, and then it, it just looks better on the off the edge of a cliff yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what if David Moyes had stayed for his whole Man United contract? That's that was actually due to run out like soon, yeah. wasn't it? Like <sighs> last season. He's, he's like, he has a better win percentage than Oligon and Solskjaer. Would they and be much different in terms of what they achieved after? I don't know, because you look at his recruitment and it was suspect. Like Schneiderlin, Fellaini. He, 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 wa- he wanted Herrera. They wouldn't let him have him. They let him spend money on Fellaini, but not Herrera. Yeah. And they ended up giving Van Gaal and Mourinho huge amounts of money that Moyes was never trusted with, was he? So you, we don't really know what he could have got. I saw... Neville, not the one we've all seen this week, but from a couple of weeks back, he did some Sky Sports fan thing. And on there, and he was saying how United don't need to go out and spend big money on players and all this. And he was saying, well, look, what do you want? Do you want to end up with another Di Maria? Di Maria wasn't the problem at United, was he? I don't know where this... I don't. United fans, remember they were giving him stick last year when... Yeah, they knocked out the Champions yeah. League. Like, hey, this... And then he scored and just <laughs> shouts, fuck off him. Yeah, I, a friend of ours is a United fan who's one of the more reasonable ones was calling him um, Snake. Like Snake. And I was like, well, he didn't snake anyone. Yeah. All he does, his house got robbed. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't get played. When he did, he was out of position and he didn't fancy it and went off. It didn't, you know. This it's just, not like he went, oh, right, hand in a chance request, I want to go to Liverpool or something. That yeah. would have been a snake. This is the kind of narrative that comes back to it where they say, oh, we want the Glazers out. They're just not investing. It's like, yeah. what, 60 mil on him, 90 mil on Pogba, 65 mil on Lukaku. Falcao, they pay ridiculous wages. Alexis, they paid ridiculous wages. They've got all of their targets, pretty much. They just yeah. haven't worked out. So what? Moyes would have been what? It was was it like a six year deal or something like that? Yeah, it was a long one. How many times would they have got top four if you you can write off the first season? Um, because this is ultimately how that's less what than what they less than what they have on. now. I mean, one. one they've got so far, isn't it? Since. So they, didn't even get, they didn't even get the one. They got in the Champions League on, a, on the back oh, of the Europa, didn't they? That was yeah. it, yeah. Van Gaal no, they, no, they Van, Van no. came fourth once, didn't No, um, he? came in top four. Mourinho obviously came second, second in the one. Because yeah. that was the was biggest achievement. One of his, which yeah. is a ridiculous thing. That was a big claim. has become yeah. a Jamie thing. When people, look what he did with his squad. Yeah. Ignore the fact that the other teams did shit. Yeah. So yeah. Liverpool, yeah. Arsenal, Chelsea, well, whatever. We'll go with, yeah, he did amazing to get what he, he did out of this United squad. He tried this with Chelsea as well. It's like the year after he won the league, he was like, oh, this, I've really yeah. overachieved with this yeah. squad when they were like 10th yeah. after it's they like, won the league. Well, hang on a minute, you won the it's league like, last year. So hang on a minute, you got Diego Costa up front yeah. and you got like a pretty decent midfield. Yeah. I, yeah. I seen a thing uh, from Neville, not, uh, I think it was last week, where he basically said like by Ollie. And a Solskjaer, you know, he's in a similar situation that Klopp was in when he took yeah, over that Liverpool. Was and it's like, are you fucking for real? <laughs> like, no. Someone, yeah. someone did the eleven by they eleven did, comparison. Yeah, yeah and it I, wasn't, it wasn't a comparison. It ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, one that's a bit before our time, closest to Troy, but even then, I think probably you still would have been young. So, what if George Graham hadn't been sacked for taking bungs at Arsenal? He received four hundred and twenty-five grand for Jensen and Lydeson, and so you would imagine then Arsene Wenger wouldn't go on to join Arsenal. At I was least not say when he that. Did. Yeah, I mean the revolution may not happen. Yeah. So I spoke to, or does it happen with another bloody club? Yeah. So I mentioned, does Mr. Wenger, you know, go yeah. somewhere else? <laughs> I mentioned to TK at lunch that in my head, 
Graham has always been a shit manager at Arsenal because that, I assumed that he was sacked. I knew he was sacked. Quite, I feel quite bad. I didn't know this, but I assumed he was sacked for poor results and mm. it had just gone all down the drain. Um, so I asked my uncle saying, like, how different do you think it would have been? And he said, so we were kings of the 1-0 back then. So we wouldn't have played the way we did with Wenger f- for any reason, but we also wouldn't be defending the way we did now. He said we probably would have had a few more trophies in the short while, but then in the long term, it would have grown out of like star football would have moved on past that very quickly. So we would have, you could have yeah. had Graham out. If it wasn't Wenger, it would have been somebody <laughs> else. It's, we can't think in our head that... Arsenal invented this way of playing football. It was just more that was the, the, the way football was being played on the yeah, continent. He said, and it got brought to England. You know, two league titles, two FA Cups, including first team to win the League Cup and FA in the same season, and our only European trophy. He also, they also bought, had a bit of grit about them back then. Yeah, you know, said, like they could they could overcome a one 0 in the ninetieth minute. Like he said, he also bought Ian Wright and David Seaman and went a season with only one defeat and seventeen goals conceded. Steve Bold was part of that team, so this is why. All the Arsenal fans were saying how good it was going to be when he yeah, became. Don't ever forget Bruce Rios in there. Don't ever forget yeah, Bruce. Yeah, he was there too. He brought in Dennis at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a strange one. But Ian Wright doesn't like him, does he? He he. That he was World Cup. That was World Cup year, and he didn't get played as much as he perhaps should have. He was in the prime of his life. It was a good podcast with Ian Wright lately. I listened to. Um, yeah, and he does go deep into it a bit, so it's good. So I've I've got one then where I can kind of give the answer. And we can say whether we think it would have played out like that. So, what if Eric Cantona hadn't kicked the fan? So when you then play it out, he's banned on the last day of the season when Blackburn go on to win the league. United draw one all with West Ham after absolutely peppering their goal for ninety minutes, and you'd imagine Cantona's not banned. He certainly helps out and they may nick a goal because people say when you watch that game back, even when you know the result, you're still waiting for the goal to go in. I know Cantona is really good and really talented. Oh. But oh. I really think that for when he, the age that he retired, how long was he at United for? Is it two years, three years? He's left behind this... He's left behind this massive legacy for someone that... For Jogo Benito adverts. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, he just won that award and... I, I was joking. Gave that, yeah. gave that ridiculous speech that everyone seems to lap up. It was just Shakespeare. Ab- it wasn't... He was literally just quoting Shakespeare. Yeah, I know, but why? It's still quite weird, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but it's weird. This is the way he said yeah. it. And you've got, like, a guy next to Never just look at him like, what <laughs> is this guy doing? He's always been like that, though. There was an old video that resurfaced after that interview there, wasn't it, of him back at United and they're asking him genuine questions about a game and he just comes out with some nonsense about how birds follow seagulls, fish trawlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. What is it about like, like ostriches, seagulls? What is it about yeah. these things? Yeah. People just lose their mind. Basically, I, I think with the whole Cantona situation, um, he, he was at United, I think, from about 92 to about... 97 or, or mm. 98 sort of time. Well, 97, I think. But, yeah, I think, I think like, I've got one friend that's a season ticket holder for United and he's a passionate, passionate United fan. And if you ask him who his favourite player is, oh. yeah, <laughs> if you ask him who his favourite player is, Eric Cantona all day long. Like, all Roy it's Keane. Like, iconic status. It's, it? it's that, it's the idleness of yeah. it, you know? Like, well, that's probably the wrong word. It's them being, like, as an idol, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. 
I suppose it's fairly similar to how Chelsea fans are with Zola, and I yeah. I idolised Zola, but he came to us in his in the twilight of his career. Really, he was like he was like thirty three when he joined Chelsea, and he had left when he was like thirty eight. I didn't find a good Johnson. Yeah. Never I guess that. I guess there's some players for every club that you don't truly appreciate unless you actually support yeah. them. And you probably know you like see them well. in the flesh well, exactly. Well. Yeah, yeah. Every club's probably got that Socrates. player that we wouldn't rate necessarily. <laughs> yeah, we well, might not rate that player themselves, but if you watch him play and you think, yeah. "Fuck me, that guy," <laughs> because you're more inclined to like them anyway. As well, aren't you? They're your player. Like, it's like Ramirez at Chelsea. <laughs> like every other player, I had no idea. Or John Obi Macau, like Colt status. John Obi Macau, Benton, Byron. Like, John, <laughs> yeah, John, John Obi Macau had the best performance from any holding midfielder in the Champions League final that I've ever seen. Did you see this week where someone put a fake quote on Twitter <laughs> yeah, from Ruben it on, Neves? It was on Instagram, wasn't Yeah, it? saying yeah. that they, they were forced to watch videos of John Obi Mikel to show what a perfect midfielder was. <laughs> and he put a, the quote up on his Insta saying, such a compliment, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm honoured. <laughs> yeah. Speaking to a United fan, supposedly they got Cantona from Leeds yeah. It's like Howard Wilkinson contacted them trying to buy Dennis Irwin. Yeah, that's right. I've yeah. heard this story. And they said, yeah. no, no, you can't have him and ended up walking out with Cantona. Yeah, instead. Yeah. <laughs> that's so United in the 90s. Like, yeah. Everything would go that way. I, no, Roy Keane came from, did he come from Leeds or was it Nottingham not Forest? Forest yeah, that was yeah. it, yeah. 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 I mean, he has, just to look at the stats, Eric Cantona has won four Premier Leagues with United. So yeah, fair enough. Not bad. Could have been five if he hadn't been kicking yeah. him. And he, and he did score an absolute worldie with a cast on as well. <laughs> and, just, and that was quite an iconic picture sort of moment, yeah, you know? Yeah. I think things like that stick in people's minds, don't they? And people make a big and deal a kick out in of the face. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan playing with a flu. Got one similar to the Suarez one. It's another Arsenal one. There's a lot of these what-if transfers for Arsenal. Mentioned it last week. So what if Kante joined Arsenal over Chelsea? Now, if you can imagine this, he'd have partnered Santi Cazorla in midfield. Yeah, I think it would have been... That would have been the best midfield partnership ever. Yeah, you don't even need to play centre-backs then. My favourite one in recent times is Cazorla Coquelin. And if you swap Coquelin out for Kante... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Kante, you put him in any midfield and he'll make any team better just the work rate that he puts in. Well, you won the league with Conte that season, so I'm thinking... If we have Kante in our team, I think... We've also had like a firing Diego Costa with a ridiculous Fabregas partnership as well. We'd have had him back as well. (laughs) 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 Arsenal have had so many what-ifs, haven't they? It's like, oh, what... What if they bought Suarez? What if Arsenal had signed Ibrahimovic back in 2000? Messi apparently and all they've been looking at. Mbappe got rejected apparently as well. Apparently we turned down Mbappe before he went to PSG because... um, Wenger didn't want to pay the cash for his family to come over and stay in a house with him while he was here. Oh my God. Well, it, this is apparently a, a, another real one. Um, Colo Torre and Yaya, obviously. Yeah. Um, Yaya played a game against Barnet. For the, yeah, and the, he, Arsene Wenger was determined that the man was a striker and you're going to play striker yeah. in my team or you're not going to play at all. So, <laughs> if, if you like those ones, so here's one for Tottenham fans out there. So into, in 2010, Tottenham were really... Uh, looking to go big. They were looking to get some kind of a big signing for them. And they had a, uh, apparently a three and a half hour meeting, Harry Redknapp in a hotel with Eden Hazard in Lille. And then in the same window, they were, they were looking to sign Luis Suarez and decided not to. Yeah. Cause isn't Joel Cole related to Harry Redknapp? 
I'm pretty sure that's his uncle or something. No, actually, yeah, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah. getting hella mixed up there. That's yeah. the Redknapps, isn't it? Like, yeah. as in Jamie and Frank Lampard. Frank Lampard, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Wrong yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you take into account the history of Tottenham, in, 20, in 2010, they do a du- if they do a double signing of Hazard and Suarez and they still have Bale. Well, oh my God. I have this, I have this weird hoodoo that I did a Spurs manager mode back when Harry Radnett was manager because they had like loads of pace just for the sake of it my pro played for him and I signed Van der Vaart Hugo Lloris Christian Eriksen and Eden Hazard and all of them no. apart from Hazard obviously got signed the year after and I was there like what the hell no. I was just there oh, yeah I was literally like Twilight Zone in. it was crazy Hazard did the LeBron didn't he he was like on this day I will announce the team I'm signing for yeah yeah yeah, I remember being, I remember exactly where I was as well because I thought we've got absolutely <laughs> we've we've got absolutely no chance here, and I'll just see, just see this tweet that said I'm signing for the Champions League winner, and I thought it was obviously must be a hoax, and I was just sat there, I was just going mental from it. it was brilliant. Yeah, I won't lie, I thought he was going to be an asshole at that point, like <laughs> in the Griezmann mold, but he's he turned out to be an alright bloke. Yeah, don't get me started on Griezmann. So, that is, must be the biggest regret Barcelona have ever done because they wanted Neymar so badly they were going to buy him anyway. Got in a relationship first and then he became single. Oh, fuck. What could, <laughs> yeah, I, what could yeah, I have done? Yeah. What if Keegan hadn't have lost it? <laughs> did that cost him? I always think what this means. Did that... Like obviously, after the event, we can look yeah. at it and say it all went downhill from there, but was that... They were always that team that had to outscore the other team and was always. I think that was the situation, wasn't it? As well, they it wasn't. It's not like they went leaps and bangs ahead of everybody else. It was just they had the right results were going their way, and then they come and fucking stuck. They, they were a lot like that Liverpool team under Rodgers, where it was score the opponent, score more than the opponent, and you're going to concede a lot, but you're going to score more, and eventually ten, teams like that tend to run out and they get found out eventually that, that's what it was in the Chelsea games like you only had to draw the game against Chelsea yeah. to win the title essentially <laughs> we're going to get there okay all right. we'll, leave, we'll leave it there we really could just do a Liverpool and Arsenal what if for reason we've got Arsenal again here what if Eduardo didn't get injured in 08 Ooh, I don't think anything changes we were 8 points clear oh yeah but Eduardo though was he he was balling that year you and say you falling, think, how many think, goals did he actually score? I think he had like 16 for that year already. And if you take into account, I it wasn't just the injury. It was. I think you, it was more like nine. If you take just the injury, you had the Galas meltdown out of that as well. Yeah, we should and never that, have had Galas in our team. Great player for Chelsea, don't yeah. get me wrong. Great player at Chelsea. Thinking, that was hey, a, Galas, do you want the number nine, no, number 10 jersey and playing centre-back? Why got, not? <laughs> you got to think that was as much the issue as the leg break. We still had Van Persie, but we also... Every like Galas cried in the middle of the pitch after <laughs> blaming this is all your fault to Clichy and, Wal- and Theo. That's bad. But he, yeah, is a meltdown like that not waiting to happen? If that's the case, though, he, just... he he is an odd ca- odd character. And I mean, you should have known what you're getting when he threatened to score own goals if he was played for Chelsea. <laughs> that is the ultimate. Like, get me out of this club he's, now. <laughs> he's just gone off the back of winning two Premier Leagues with Chelsea, and then he's threatened to score own goals against his own team unless he was sent to Arsenal I just I don't get it there was a brief spell I remember after that deal as well where he started right at Arsenal and people yeah. said you know what they might have got the best of this deal they've got a bit of cash plus Gallas yeah. <laughs> obviously it didn't quite turn out to be the case in the end yeah I actually left the room when they were awarded that penalty I was so like 
just done with this. <laughs> Went out and back in it, I had a little kick about it in my dad's front garden. Those were the days. <laughs> what if Gerard hadn't slipped? <laughs> I'd like to say on record we would have won the league if Eduardo hadn't no, broken yeah. his leg. No, yeah, I mean, Chelsea could... Like, the weird thing is, that season, is there was so much hype around Liverpool that people forget that Chelsea should have won that league. So, I'll give, we need to win the rest of our games to win the league. We beat Liverpool away, which is the most unheard of thing, but apparently because there's that famous quote with Mourinho where he's, they wanted this to be a circus and us to be the clowns. We will not be the clowns. And you look back on it and after the game, all we had to do was beat Sunderland at home to be basically one game away from winning the title ourselves. Forgive and me, we lost. Got to you were out of it before you played Liverpool though. No. I'm so, pretty sure you couldn't no, win no, the league. No, no. So if we beat Liverpool and then won the rest of our games, we would have won the league. But if City no won could, all of theirs, no they one won. could have caught us. I, you, don't, I don't think that's true. Oh, no, I guarantee you it I'm, is. I'm not entirely sure, but... Oh, one sec. Someone take over. I remember I'll... thinking, why didn't they just let us fucking have this one? Because I don't want to get... Come on, let us have this one. I remember they had a Champions League game in midweek against Atletico. And I was like, you, was four... you can win that one. And we'll... It was 14-15. <laughs> they ended up getting dumped out of that one. 14-15, wasn't it, season? No. No, no, no. Later than that. No, 13, that. 13, I don't like to revisit it too much to tell you the truth. I don't like to think about it. That um, Arsenal were five points clear with 12 games to play. But I, I tend to agree with Troy in terms of I do think your issues would have get would have got found out. Yeah, I, I do think you are over like hyping Eduardo more than he was because you haven't actually you haven't but you the, haven't grabbed the mic yet and said and just to confirm he scored fifteen yeah. goals that season. And and the thing is, he was very good, but it was also if you look at and I don't want all competitions either because Carlin Cup doesn't exist yeah. when he was getting played in that week in week eight. He wasn't even really starting, if I remember rightly. We was only still having one striker up top, and more, more time that was Van Persie. Van Persie wasn't what he would went on to become. He, no, he was but he was. Yeah, we bought Eduardo with the Henri money. Yeah, wow, for more than we got for Henri. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <sighs> Fucking shocking. We bought Torres the same uh, summer. Ah, wow. <laughs> Who got the better deal of that <laughs> one? Smashed to become more quid. You could have got him. <laughs> yeah. I'll, uh, I'll come confess here that it's not quite what I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> What do you reckon? Well, I, I originally said nine. I may be feeling like now I'm being over overzealous to him. And uh, eight, F- four. <laughs> <laughs> Must have been his link-up play, I guess. <laughs> he was looking sharp, all then. Though, come on, give him a break. Four and seventeen's not atrocious no. for a central midfielder. To answer your question, uh, if Jod doesn't slip, Liverpool. Probably win the league that year, don't they? One hundred percent. I mean, I mean, they could have had a meltdown against Palace again, and then I think if they lost, well, I mean, that, someone else. It could have happened. Again. Yeah, it like, sometimes done. these things aren't are just meant. And and that team, the kind of the thing we've spoken about on here before, the the idea that they should have changed the way they played against Chelsea was kind of ignorant to the fact that, that team had one way of playing, yeah. and if that didn't work, but it, and it, it had done till then, so if it doesn't. There's not a lot you can do about that. That's exactly what it was because we went out there to set up shop with Thomas Callis in centre back. Yeah. So and you, all you had to do was draw the game. That's all, all nil nil, and, and we weren't getting forward. No, that, that was it. And the unfortunate thing for Gerard is, if you take the slip out of the equation, that was the chance. Yeah. Obviously, they, they scored late on, but by that yeah. point, it was because Liverpool were going forward. Yeah. So the Aspas corner. It is the, the, the famous Aspas corner. The thing he is known for on Merseyside. Yeah. 
All right, so we've got one more here, and this is this is quite a big one, and then we've got some smaller ones that are a bit more farcical. Um, what if Balotelli had been selfish and shot, not laid it into Aguero? First of all, well, he didn't have enough space to score, so we can pretty much wipe that off. How much does this change the course of Premier League history? Because um, obviously it changes the winners, but do players still then pile into City after then? I still think so. The money was Did there. Did not need that first? Yeah, but we've just started to get into a, to the era at this point where players will go places for a lot of money, regardless of where they know where they're going. We've seen it before with a few players that City actually signed. That remember, it might have been it might have been a lie, but it was it, where they came out and said, you know, they thought they were signing for United and not actually City. Like a lot of the time, if you if you wave a lot of money in front of someone's face the chances are they'll take the fucking money. Like, and and these clubs, as we kind of saw with Chelsea with, Chelsea with the Champions League, was we're going to spend until we do win it. Yeah, they, they it did it of, differently than Chelsea. Once they've got it in their mind, when, we've, got to, we've got to win this competition. And when Norman came along, we all hated on him at first because we thought he's buying the game here. But really, it wasn't a situation of that. It was more that... No, I still hate this. But, well, when we look at now it, how you say City did it, it was completely different. City... They got away because Chelsea had already done Just it. fired money oh, everywhere. Yeah. Chelsea had already taken the heat for City at that I point. I mean, the thing is, we get a lot, like I said, we get a lot of heat for that. However, you got to look at how else were any other team going to be able to break into Man United's stronghold on Can we just everything. pause a sec? Have you checked? Because you've been an awful long time. No, I'm still in the process of checking. I just wanted to get involved. The, um, I, gar- I guarantee you. I think as well with Chelsea, they, they kind of did it in a level in a levels way. They they bought Damien Duff. They, you know what I mean? They they had Iron Robin. I know he he was still very young at the time though with Iron Robin. Still was, looked about forty, but he did, didn't he? Always yeah. looked old. But yeah, um, City just went straight in, balls deep. Robinho, let's go. And then he just flopped. The, that was a shame. Uh, the thing was, if City didn't win it that year, they that yeah, is, I think they that, still go on to be the dominant force they are today. I think you have maybe if Pep does come in, but does Pep come in? The thing is. That is the yeah. year you've come this close. All you had to do was beat QPR, and yeah. you still couldn't get over the line to beat United. That hoodoo of the, yeah, we, we've almost forgotten now is yeah, yeah. that City were, were kind of like Spurs, where you a thought bit, a little bit like the Gerrard slip. Yeah. you know it's that thing of you like, of thought, what the hell have we got to do to win the league? Yeah, last it, season almost getting a hundred points. Exactly, like it's it's just another situation. One of those things where you think it's just not meant to be. In, in Gaelic football, there's a county Mayo and and Mayo. Are like a quite a large county, and they never well. They last won the the All Ireland back in like the forties. They get to the final. It seems like all the time they get to this final, and they can never win it. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. the same. It's like a hoodoo That's around the, yeah, it. It's that strange. Just, that would carry on going with the club. The pressures that you must feel been. when you're in that team, you know. Yeah, this can be your homework, Jack. We'll yeah. we'll run through a couple more. So we'll have a, a couple other things to get into. So first of all, what if Owen hadn't joined Real Madrid? His last three seasons before he left, he'd scored 19, 28 and 28. It's a right shame that he went off to Spain, really. <laughs> Didn't even mean to rhyme then, but yeah. Yeah, he kind of... Wow, he's quite clearly ruined his own image. Pretty much everybody hates him. Uh, yeah. no, I <laughs> he did, doesn't actually he have went up, He went him. up in my my fucking <laughs> estimations of the guy. I'd like, I liked all of that. I like a bit of shit icery. Right. What if Zidane signed for Blackburn over Juve in 95? Would have been sat next to Sherwood in the midfield, friend of the pod. Is that a thing, or were yeah, you just make? Yeah, no, this is this is genuine. Oh. His agent had actually come that. out and said that he was going to be joining Blackburn in England. Jesus. You think Shearer then you might have seen what he was playing with? He might not have left for uh, Newcastle <laughs> that yeah, year. He, he might have given. They might have year. gone on to being a dominant force. Like 
Blackburn's a very small town, isn't it, as well? I think that's quite quite some achievement for them. Obviously, now they're fucking in League One or whatever, but (laughs) never mind. What if Rivaldo had signed for Bolton under Allardyce in 2004 over Olympiacos? I remember that, yeah. And Bolton at that time had a lot of uh, sort of South American-esque type players. Rivaldo had employed an English agent specifically to get him a move here. Yeah. We're all just looking at shit. So when City win... Yeah. They gave me a hand. They have 80 points, which means Chelsea but, were but they, not in it. But the thing is, they didn't, did they? Because um, Yeah, they win all their games after that. They win every single game from there. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't, because Liverpool drew to Crystal Palace. Before the, the game of them, City lost to Sunderland, I believe. And then we thought, right, it's on. And then they won every game after that. Come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, Chelsea could have won the league so had City not win, won their games. But it was in City's hands was the point. Right. All right, a couple more of these. First of all, actually, imagine Allardyce with Rivaldo. That is Christ. Yeah, they wouldn't have got on. If we uh, branch out into Scotland for a second, what if Ronaldo, Brazilian Ronaldo, signed for Rangers in 1997 rather than Inter Milan, where he claimed he had three options on the table, Barca, Inter, and Rangers? Rangers. I think he taints his reputation, to be honest. <laughs> He'd been up front with Ali McCoist. I mean, it would have been it would have been around the same time Henrik Larsson was playing for Celtic, wouldn't it? Christ. That would have been a battle, yeah. A legend Ali McCoistis. Well, he yeah, some amount of goals Ronaldo would have scored in that league. Christ oh, alive. Mate, yeah, he would have. His he? goals record was hideous as it was. Yeah. So let alone if you stuck him in that league. I'm pretty sure they they might have had a a bit of a pissed up Gaza and all at that same time <laughs> yeah. around then not a good look for Gerard that my first season with Rangers on Football Manager and I won the league and quarterfinals of the Europa yeah but the standard of that league is he didn't, have, he didn't have your cheat codes I was about to say did you have the editor mode on and, no, and, and slip I, yourself a few quid the signings he makes are uh, remarkable <laughs> yeah you know, a bit uh, suspect Andreas Pereira and Eddie Nketiah Pereira well, you signed Nketiah or you got him on loan Loan and Ketia and I. I'd Pereira. say Joe Willock because for some reason he's just signed him on loan. He was, he was terrible for Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> Not the league for him. Scott <laughs> Brang ruffled his feathers. <laughs> Final one. What if Ronaldo joins Liverpool in 2003 rather than United? Gerard Hulia said he was too skinny. Hmm. Yeah. How could he say Good that when he had Michael Owen? Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, Wenger said the same thing, so I imagine it was a pretty, like, yeah, common thing. It goes to show it is a game of inches, isn't it? It's like how the lives and careers of football football players are shaped by certain certain defining moments. Like, Gerald will always go down now as never winning a Premier League. And he will, because of the amount of effort, because he's so prominent, he will be remembered for that slip. And it's the same for... Oh, if such a team had signed Ronaldo or this, that and the other, you never have knew, would never have known. And without the management of Alex Ferguson, you know that he would have succeeded, but would he have burst onto the scene as well as he did? Because you see so many good players that, like, for example, Dimitri Payet, right? You put him into a top standard, top flight team. How much better would his legacy have been in the Premier League as opposed to being classed for West Ham and then leaving to go to Marseille, strangely? Yeah, players at lower clubs like sort of like Decanio. I was about to say, that's he, weird. Yes, he West, was in my head there. Great at West Ham, but you think was it that he was standout at the level, or was it, or if he'd gone to a club and then not played as well yeah. at a higher club, but he just been a Zola. player? 
<laughs> okay, so if we switch topic then, so <clears throat> premise here. The other three of us are, we're like Dragon's Dragon's Den. We're rich businessmen looking to invest in a new sport. You have 60 seconds on the clock. You have to pitch the sport I've given you. You have to sell it to us. The, the 60 seconds and then go to the next and then that'll be it really. We'll, 60 we'll seconds on. starts from when you start Yeah, speaking. so I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll press the start. So Troy, you have uh, cricket, Jack, rugby, TK, boxing. Might do MMA, might do tennis. Anyway. Tennis is doing hard, so. Yeah, that's what I thought when I was going <laughs> So, who wants to go first? Who wants to step up? You this, is, this is your show. I'm the man on the timer. <laughs> I'll, I'll go first if you All want. Right. I'll go first. Are you ready? Yep. And go. So, rugby is probably the most... Best team sport with individual players that you'll see as a test of actual physical attributes mixed with skill. So... You've got perfect technique from a range of different um, activities, be that kicking, be that set plays, be that movements from the breakdown itself. But what ultimately you'll get is the strongest men, the most well-trained men, the most motivated, always rising to the top. It's great physical encounter. There's no pads. It's all done on technique. Um, so, for example, in American football, they just run into each other. And then they've got two different teams for offense and defense. Whereas in rugby, you've got to do all of it. You've got to be that man, that fat guy that is the prop, but you've also got to run around a pitch for 80 minutes and be fit enough to do that. So just as like an endurance sport and as a physical sport and just pure entertainment, rugby is a sport for you. With five seconds to go. If I didn't already know what rugby was like, you could have sold it to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That was good because you, you didn't say one negative thing either about it. You didn't say like... Oh, you know, it to us. Yeah, but it's, it's hard sometimes to say things, to not say something like... You know, sometimes it can be like this, but you've got to blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go in with the brain damage card on boxing. Just, yeah, no, yeah. we're not. <laughs> I should mention that I'm a salesperson by trade. So if I wasn't <laughs> yeah. if I wasn't very good at that, then I can't do my job very well. Yeah, stuck it on us here. Troy, would you invest in Jack? Yeah, I'd go for that. That seemed seemed seamless to me. However, how See can after. a man like me and TK play rugby in 2019? Second, sorry. Can can two people like me and TK with our stature and physique to say, Troy? Play, rug, play rugby in 2019? <laughs> yeah, what are you trying to say? I mean, you definitely you can. You <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. So, kind of third, second standard rugby. It doesn't really matter what shape or size you are. Um, obviously, the bigger guys, but there'll also be big guys in your team to take those hits. It's all about positions. If you're quick, then the wingers are usually small. They rarely see contact. They're just there to basically run the try home after the big grunts have done all the work. So, most definitely, yes. I mean, to be fair, I was just sort of playing a bit of devil's advocate. Yeah. I did always play rugby growing up yeah. until I was probably about 18. <laughs> and then it did start getting to that stage a little bit, though, with me, where I was just like, do I still need to be getting stamped on every week yeah. when I'm when I'm quite fit, like skinny like this? Yeah. Maybe not. I'll just play football for a bit more. <laughs> well, this is it. I've, I played rugby from, well, up until about two seasons ago. And... I stopped after school because it got to the stage where I was quite a big lad at school, so it was always fun for me oh, to play. Yeah, but then I got to 16 and everyone started going to the gym and I couldn't be asked for it. So the big, my, all of my plus points then became negatives because everyone got bigger than me. Um, I started playing again and it just, I did, I woke up and after going to the club afterwards as well because the big social scene of rugby. Yeah. 
you have like a double hangover, so your body just feels like it's in pieces. Yeah. You're, you're and drinking you, other people's hangover when yeah. you drink their piss afterwards. <laughs> yeah, very funny. But, but yeah, Brockworth is fucking horrible to play against. Yeah. But yeah, it is just the worst feeling in the world when you have a hangover and can't move to go and get a glass of water. It's the worst. So yeah, play football now instead. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Troy, are you ready? Oh, what, right. what form of cricket are you selling this? Oh, test. All right. What, but, uh, who am I selling it to? I'm selling it to you guys, isn't it? Not yeah. kids. Yeah. Kids be T20. <laughs> but I ain't selling to kids no more. <laughs> Those days are over. Let's get on. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Why you should invest in something like test cricket, as in your time. Um, it's a. It's the only sport that I can think of that is a real test of just, not just physical attributes, but also your mental attributes. Um to play a game for five days solid and have to have the concentration and the skill to keep in the game for that long is just something on its own. I mean, most games in general are played between sort of an hour to hour and a half. That's it. Like the, the shortest form of cricket is still like four hours long. So, um, yeah, I just think that in, in general, the uh, when you get to things like the match results and things like that. There's, any cricket team can have their day. Uh, I've seen all sorts of results in my time where a team like Ireland, who aren't that great at cricket, don't have much of a history in the sport, managed to pull off a, a victory against England in the T20 where nobody would have thought they could. You write people off easily in cricket, but it's an, it's a true underdog sport, I think. Yeah, I'll go with that. Well, over the limit, I won't consider anything after the minute mark. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be cut out. You'll just keep you'll just hear my voice just go. You can eat into my time. I'll take my like twenty. Man, that was that was a lot harder than I thought. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll just fucking just chat shit for a minute. But you're like, uh, I can't say anything negative. Yeah. Jack, Troy was willing to invest in you. Will you be investing in Troy? Yeah, definitely. He's I think so. In cricket. I, think, yeah. I think more should be with yeah. you, Luke, because you're not a cricket man, really. But I feel like we're starting to win you over slightly with the World Cup and the Ashes. It's been a good summer of cricket, Troy, I I'm think. invested in you. Okay, that's great. Would you go in with another dragon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just split it. Yeah. All right. TK, do you want to yeah, be so. up? Got some pressure now. Those are both quite good. I wish I'd done some prep for this. <laughs> right, boxing is pretty simply it's the most purest, most literal form of what sports about. The definition of it, i.e., competition, one versus one. In this regard, whenever we talk about a huge, be it football match, rugby match, cricket match, we kind of convey it as a battle. So one team gets another, and all the attributes they've got, and be that physical, mental, emotional, tactical, everything like that is poured into boxing um, as we've commented on before fighting does seem to be in people's blood in their DNA it seems to have been people have been fighting since you know we, since we were apes <laughs> so um, if, as we said if you're at any event if the fight breaks out you'll turn and watch the fight there's something about that and when a big fight comes everybody watches which is something you can't say about a lot of sports where an old lady will be talking about the Joshua fight and you think this makes no sense you would never normally watch this and then you're, when you're watching it the tension and waiting for that knockout is just something that is almost di- impossible to replicate I'd say I'll invest in you I'm <laughs> spending all my cash today I feel like you've missed a trick here with this feature if you do this again 
I do feel like when the minute ends, you should just grab the mic and go, <laughs> just, you know, to end it, as in you've got to stop talking now. <laughs> Afraid not even Jack could convince me to invest in rugby, but rugby league, maybe. I don't well, understand you. This is almost like just because you decided yeah. to no, be no, a hipster no. and watch rugby league. Like it's rugby union is so much better. Right, let's have it. Let's have it out. Let's have it out. Let's right, have it right here. Lock down in the pod. Well, you said you said better athletes for a start. They're better athletes in rugby league. I don't believe so. Their body, their body composition is probably slightly different. But that's down. Yeah, yeah they're fitter. But, but that, that's no. It's not necessarily true. You've got a prop. And a hooker that can still run around and put a shift in, in in scrums for eighty minutes. Yeah, I could play eighty minutes rugby union. I couldn't play eighty minutes rugby league. Yeah. Why? What's your what's your reasoning behind that? I've got untapped scrum half potential. <laughs> scrum half. <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh. Um. Okay. okay, but I mean the skill set in rugby union is so much different because in rugby league it's you get the ball, you run into some cunt, they get up. There's no. <laughs> There's no, there's no rocking over. There's no nothing. No, exactly. It's, they get up and then after six six phases, they have to kick the ball away. We play that form of rugby as a warm up. Because I actually busted uh, powers that be in rugby, where they make the rules up as they go along. <laughs> this is a legit thing. How's this? Every game of rugby union I've watched, the rules have been different. <laughs> What? I don't think that's strictly true. This is like the first time anyone watched like an American yeah, football game, yeah, surely. Exactly. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what's happening? Yeah. Like they just dropped acid before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, American football is better. Or baseball. It's not. As as an actual sport. They're better as, athletes. As, that's not... That is not true. not true. They break down after about three years. Yeah. The lifespan of an NFL yeah, player... The hits are bigger. Yeah, but that's they got all that protection on. Don't talk crap. The hits are, the no, hits are so, bigger so, in NFL. So, for example, the reason why... The reason why there's so many injuries in NFL and serious injuries is because they're all padded up. They feel they... It's like with me, for example. If I wore pads under my kit, I would go into tackles harder, even though there's like an like less than half an inch of foam on my shoulders. So you just shove your head or your shoulder into any part of their body. Whereas in rugby, there's strict guidelines and strict rules to no tackling in the air, no overhead height, can't do this. It's all... And you've got to make sure your technique is completely on point. Otherwise, you get sent off. Uh, I the fact that American football has a flag system, yeah, that yeah. tells you there's way too many fucking yeah. offences and, and rules. And the fact that they can't do all of it. They have specific players for specific roles. In, ru- in rugby... They have you, a goalkeeper in football. Yeah, but in rugby... <laughs> yeah, but they stay, they stay on the pitch the whole time. I mean, maybe a week ago I'd have taken it, but your record of late, you've had the Chelsea winning the league, jumping off a bridge on a paving stone. <laughs> I, can't, I can't buy it. Well, you, the you, tackles are harder in NFL. Yeah, but yeah, I, sure. I'm, yeah. it's, they, it's yeah. because they, it's harder to wrap your arms around when you've got, Ten seconds you've got ago, body you said they were harder on. in rugby. I didn't say that. I said they're, they're harder in the NFL. No, you didn't. You literally said they were harder in rugby. No, I said that, that's how I went on with my pads thing, that I would go in harder with pads because it's the mental perception. If you've got body armour, that the other person's coming off worse, which is rugby's safer. They're better athletes because they all have to do different jobs. They're higher in skill set. Like those linebackers, they're all like, 25 stone and all they do is just stand around the quarterback all game no 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 that's all yeah, they do not athletes. Yeah. The, the, yeah they're coming on and off the pitch the, the lack of yeah. like actual oh, game time exactly. does make me think hang on you're so getting a good ride <laughs> in, in American football the ball is in play per play must be about 15 seconds max and that's not if there's a big break or if there's a throw in rugby yes there's breakdowns at the ruck there's breakdowns here there's set pieces at scrums and lineouts 
but the same players are always on the pitch, so their their mental endurance has to be a lot harder. Look, I watched the World Cup. I've come around to Test cricket. You're gonna struggle with rugby, honestly. Well, the I World reckon, Cup's coming up. I think you. you I reckon you'll get you into could it. definitely do. I'll a get couple. into it. Yeah, yeah. But I still, if I have. When to, you see a lovely. The World Cup's done, fuck yeah. It. When you see an amazing flowing move that's like 25 phases long, it doesn't it, happen. It, wow. you've been Unfortunately, watching Danny Cipriani is not going to be there. We might not yeah. see as much of that. It breaks me because, like, what, watching Gloucester week in week out, you've got that sense of just the magic. Mm. He unlocks defenders, but it's hard to get in there with your Ford and Farrells. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so always going to be hard to break into it. The, the rugby setup is similar to Test cricket setup in that uh, someone who's not been a part of it can't just walk in. So if you haven't been in the plans for the last three or four years, it's a bit of a shame. Gloucestershire have got an opening batsman called Chris Dent. He's been averaging over 50 in test in first-class cricket for the last four or five years, scoring about a 1,000 runs a season, uh, and he opens the batting. And in, he won't get a sniff in England because he plays in Division 2. Well, that means they, more they to other people side. in other sports than the fact that there's two divisions. But in cricket, there really isn't that much difference between the two divisions. There's they haven't only changed the squad for the... Last test of the That's still, fucking bizarre. That's bizarre for me. It's a free me. swing, really. Yeah, it's, it's time well, to bread some youth. Yeah, like, yeah definitely. It's not like the batters have covered themselves in glory. No. So. Should have brought uh, Monty Panazar back, as I said. Yeah. <laughs> I think My, he went off uh, like the rails a little bit. Yeah. Poor Monty. Well, I, he, he did a um, he did a kind of like video on Ooh. how England should play. <laughs> that this really weird, like off his own back tweet from his own account kind of thing, and he was out in the crease. Commentating and without a bat or pads. I've debated debated boycotting the Rugby World Cup after my man Toby Flood wasn't included, which is a disgrace. And where's how do you know Toby Flood then if you're not interested? I used to go to King's Home. Okay, fair. And where's James Simpson Daniel? Simbad, go on, Simbad. All right. I'm going to go in. I'm going to attempt to sell tennis to you. <laughs> I struggle to convince myself here, but Jack's got in my head about this. I'm in your head. NFL rent free. Right I'll take. I'll take that as a win. Then. <clears throat> right in there. All right. Thank you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for giving me some of your time today. I do really appreciate it. I'm going to be speaking to you about the sport of tennis, and I'll be looking for a 10% donation, 10 grand donation for 10% of my company. So, tennis. The best athletes in the world are in tennis. Everything, I don't mean to push rugby into the ground, but everything that was said about rugby does apply to tennis in a more intricate sense in the fact that you are using the power, you are using the technique and to the finest of margins. I mean, looking at last night alone, they were playing for over five hours at not the highest level. Secondly, I'd like to come in and say that we're an inclusive sport. Women are paid equally here. And so that's another reason why you should be coming in. We're a progressive sport. We've got superstars on both sides of the field. It's another sport where it's played all over the world and you have very mixed bag right at the top of the rankings in each uh, gender. I think that it's exciting. You're looking for the best. Either way, tennis is the sport that you need to invest in. It's fucking harder than it thought, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Yeah. But uh, no, I've, you know, someone who doesn't really like tennis, I, I have to admit the endurance between them, it can be, you know, fascinating when sometimes I've heard that 
the games have had to stop and they're coming back tomorrow yeah. to continue it and shit. So, yeah, I think, yeah, good little game. I think tennis as well is one of those sports where you think it can't be that hard. And then you go and play it and you're like, fucking, how do these guys do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, not yeah, I, o- I wish we did it at school. We yeah. didn't do it, did we? Like, not only do you have to be ridiculously fit to c- cover that much distance and stay, you've got to be fit enough to be able to use your technique. Yeah. Yeah. And I've tried it in a tennis ball and I, you see it on tennis and you think, this is easy, no problem at all. To it with that power and precision over a net without it flying off into the ceiling. And, and getting it just so like, just so lower than that, how they yeah. do is like just over it. You know, any, anyone yeah. could just, anyone could just whack it up and yeah. get it over, but do it like that is incredible. Yeah, I, I think tennis is mental. How, <laughs> and like you look at Federer and like how old he is and he's still going, it's, it's crazy. It's got a little bit to get into here and then a question that I'll uh, close us out on. So if we, Get on to Antonio Brown, who this week, well, this weekend, signed for the New England Patriots after signing for the Oakland Raiders in uh, the off-season. Some disciplinary issues. He started leaking uh, phone calls between the coaches onto his Instagram, doing all sorts, and said that he was being harshly treated, although he did also claim this in Pittsburgh. So anyway, the main question being asked this weekend was, what the hell is he thinking? And so... I think a good question to ask here is times where you've been left looking at an athlete or hearing about what an athlete's done, thinking, what were you thinking? <laughs> Example, the first one that popped into my head, 2006 World Cup final, Zinedine Zidane. That was one of their moments where you're... What, what? Yeah, what are you <laughs> thinking? What the hell is going like your, on? Your last ever game as well. Yeah. That you knew this was going to be your last game. Yeah. And didn't it go to penalties? Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's not even like you're 4-0 down. Like, I felt like I was French it, it was a draw as well. In. It, yeah, because he'd scored the penalty to put them ahead, hadn't he? And yeah. it, it dragged them to that final. I remember the thing. It wasn't a fantastic France team, but he had had an unbelievable tournament. Yeah. In the, obviously, the twilight of his career, and you thought he's dragged them here. And... But like, what a way to sign out your career. Like, if it, if it was like 5-0, you think you're never going to get the opportunity again. It's fucking nuts. Stick it on it. In a uh, um, World Cup final. But for it to be a tight game, he let his team down big time. I think... That image of him walking past the World Cup is yeah, such an iconic... It's a heartbreaker thing. as well. But That France team was nuts as well. Yeah. So you, you would have had Henri in it still, wouldn't you? Barcelona Henri, is that right? Willy Sanyo. Willy Sanyo. Who had been the uh, centre-backs? I'm trying to think of the goalkeeper back then. Centre-backs would have been... Taram? Would yeah. he have been in there? Not centre-backs, sorry. He'd have been a... Um, Fullback, when he was. They started with Bartes, Sanyol, Turam, Galas, Abidal, Vieira, Makaleli as a midfield partnership. That's special. Wow. Ribery, Zidane, Maluda, and Henri. Oh, Maluda. Alu Diara, David Trezeguet, and Silvan Wiltor came player. off the bench. Yeah. Diara's a strong footballing name. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It really is. So's Dembele. <laughs> the thing is with Diara as well, is like, is it Chelsea for a bit? And then he went to Portsmouth, and he went to Real Madrid. He's awesome yeah. for and then he, as well. Yeah, and then he went to Arsenal, and then he goes to AC Milan. Like He's been about here. That's, agent, yeah. that's like agent. such a weird bag of clubs to have. This, that, that's this Italy team, before we move on, Buffon, Zambrotta, Cannavaro, Materazzi, Grosso, <clears throat> Camerinese, underrated baller, Gattuso, Perlo, Perotta, <laughs> Totti, Luca Toni up top, starting over, Alessandro Del Piero, who came off the bench. Vincenzo Arquinta came off uh, off the bench and uh, Daniele Di Rossi was on the bench as well. A formidable team. 
But then that's just a gritty. That's back in say, the Italian heyday where AC Milan were getting to the Champions League crazy final. When, the time. Crazy when you think how much the games change. If you had a team like that now, it would get run so ragged. Yeah, like, there's no pace in that Italian no. team at all. They'd no. have no like attacking sort of. Right? It'd be the game has sped up so much. But again, I, I think we are blindsided by watching the Premier League every week because mm. after doing this Euro roundup, I do realise that <laughs> how fast the Premier League is compared Head to other. Up, yeah. And it's it's weird as well because. When you take that into Europe, I know we dominated last season in both European tournaments as Premier League, which is the first time in a while. But you can ask yourself, in the other times when the Spanish teams dominated, they arguably know how to control a game better because it's not paid at, at ridiculous pace all the time. They know how to pick their moments better and they know how to just grind down another team. Whereas in England, it's like it's full speed ahead, and if that doesn't work, we're fucked. If if I ask you where you have the mic, and I don't know if this is the, how everyone felt, despite us having four English teams in the two finals, it didn't feel like we had the best teams. No, in the Europa League, no, maybe right. in the Champions League, it, it despite them deserving to get there, it didn't feel like they were the two best n- teams in the competition. I, right, Liverpool, kind of. <laughs> But again, it's that formidable Anfield, isn't it? It's like if that was played at a neutral stadium, they're not winning that four 0 Helps that we have reputation leading a lot of the charge for those clubs as well. I think but yeah. that was just the thought. I think I think as well with Spurs is that everyone wanted Ajax to beat them, and you know there's this like <laughs> they you know there's this like fairy tale. One of Byron's worst days. Yeah, there's this fa- <laughs> this this fairy tale comeback that's lauded, and you got Pochettino crying on the pitch. Like you've beaten a team with like an eighth of your wage bill yeah. marginally and they're captained by like Delict who how old is he like 20 19 19 year old youth project and it's like that shouldn't have been lauded you should have won that game comfortably yeah yeah I agree I think we do potentially have a bit of almost like looking down on our own club just in terms of say for example Liverpool being that, Liverpool and Spurs being that final we look at that and think well, they're not better than Barca and Real. And you think, well, Liverpool have shown they can be on a footing with them, at least, even if you're not saying they're better, on a footing with, say, Barca and Real in Europe. So, I think, but for, in our minds, I think we do think, oh, English clubs, now. Yeah. it won't be long before the German clubs or the Spanish clubs are dominating I, again. I think that Liverpool deserve to win it, personally, for the football they played. In that game against Barca in the new Camp, they didn't, that wasn't a 3-0 or 3-1 game, whatever it was. Like yeah. You had as many chances as they did. They just put them away. Freakish, yeah. Yeah. It, it felt less significant that the teams went out to Ajax because it just felt like an upset rather than, just even despite the scoreline, yeah. it didn't feel like Barca knocking out Madrid, Juve no. knocking out Madrid, that kind of thing. It's like this year round, we got all the ties. The only tie that you really wanted to see was Liverpool-Barca because I was always interested to see how those two I wanted, match up. I wanted to see yeah. City against Juve. But yeah, but apart from that, yeah. there was no other big matchups where you think you had like Ajax beating Real Madrid yeah. before anyone else had a crack at them kind yeah. of thing. You had, I mean, that Barcelona tie was a bit freakish. Who did City go out to? Can't remember. Spurs. Spurs. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Oh, that, that was about. Yeah, that that seemed. Again, yeah, that's that's that seemed like another Premier League played at 100 miles an hour, and we yeah. didn't know what else to do, kind of thing. If they played European opposition like Juventus, who know how to manage a game, you would have thought that they would have come unstuck. Yeah. So. Another athlete that you question a lot, Derek Chisora, who, yeah. I've watched his press conference today. Saying to the head of Sky, it feels like you're fucking me with no Vaseline. (laughs) Yeah. On live TV. And then, and then going, fuck off, and then walking off the stage. It was apparently scripted, wasn't it? 
I don't think so. I don't think you can script Derek Chisora. He is. Quite... He's done it his whole career to the point where he wasn't a marketable guy. There was no need for him to be like, have it planted to say, do this. He's... He is a bit unhinged as well. When you look at him, you think like something's not quite, on a game on a bad day, it's like, it's not all quite Isn't David Hayes manager now? Well, but when he does something, you think, I know what you're doing. It's yeah. Prom- but okay, when you yeah. look at Jazora, you think, oh my God, this is- anything can happen here. Hearn insinuated that David A just hadn't told Chisora he wasn't main event. <laughs> that he just <laughs> had the decision. Right? Who he- is main event? Um, Josh Taylor against uh, Regis Progre for the Undisputed. Is it the Undisputed? No, for the Ring Magazine £140 belt. Yeah, and the Muhammad Ali Trophy. There's a Final of a big tournament. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, feel free to put take that fight off the card and see how well Chisora versus Parker does in terms of filling up the O2. But that's going to stink the gaff out. Yeah, Hearn said on there. Look, if the public really demand that this has to be the main event, then we'll see. But <laughs> no, I think the main. I mean, full of Scotch. Me and TK, I'd be there. Oh yeah, no. yeah, nice, nice. I think the main what the fuck moment when it comes to. A footballer has to be Ashley Cole shooting a youth experience <laughs> student <laughs> with an air rifle at the Chelsea training ground. What about what he did with a mobile phone? What? When he bought an unregistered mobile phone to text the bird and then sent a photo of his face. No, no. With, with the unregistered mobile phone. I was about the one that he put in his ass. I haven't heard this one. I thought it was Soul. It wasn't Soul. I haven't heard this. Well, here we homophobically it? slandering. I need to know. <laughs> chat. One man went to bed, went to bed with Ashley. One man had his mobile phone. Allegedly. I've never heard this before. Wow. It was no, a big scandal. Yeah, no. I've, I've heard it. Shoved it on vibrate. Yeah. I mean, ha- yeah. No, don't know that one. Well, I was thinking, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> 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 um... Paulie Malinaggi's got a couple. The whole Broner oh. situation where they had a whole press conference arguing about whether Broner was with his side piece <laughs> to the point where Broner got up at the press conference and got her on the phone <laughs> to slag him off. And then they argued after the fight saying, you bragged about taking my side piece. <laughs> and then Malinaggi just went full on insane when McGregor released the picture of them sparring. And then he went down to bare knuckle box, and so he really he has had a whole couple of years of what the hell are you thinking? <laughs> what are you up to? Yeah. Khabib jumping out the cage was a huge one. Yeah, massive. I think Tuilagi throwing a midget into the sea. <laughs> I think that we all read the headline. We we're like, just double turking. We're like, what are you doing? I think he got sent home for that as well from the World Cup. I can't remember, but. We're all there, like... Man punching a policeman. Yeah, yeah that as well. Yeah. Um, it's a Fre- rugby tour. Yeah. It's an issue. Come on. Freddie Flint off, getting pissed and taking a pedalo out <laughs> and getting anti rescued by the Coast Guard. Taking a piss on the Lord's outfield as well. Yeah. Just like, But that's legendary yeah. sort of stuff more than um, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> McGregor fighting... Uh, not McGregor. Mayweather fighting tension in Japan. <laughs> Mayweather fighting McGregor. Yeah. Mm. Or McGregor I mean, fighting the old man in the they, pub. <laughs> they claimed, yeah, they claimed right. that that Mayweather fight was starting at six o'clock in the morning. I got up at 5.30 and got a Red Bull and started work, working at home to get ready for this. And then it didn't start until um, half three in the afternoon. 
because Mayweather what? didn't get to the arena for hours and they had just loads of prelims. <laughs> they had a two-hour intermission where they claimed they were just looking for him. <laughs> <laughs> Great. One you may not have heard, um, Gilbert Arenas uh, bringing guns to the locker room when he played for the Wizards over a poker debt. <laughs> he did the like film thing where he called them over and zip and zip the bag and told him to have a look. Oh god! He went on to host a podcast with Mia Khalifa. So fair enough. Looks up. Peter Crouch so cheating on Abby Clancy. What was that all about? Did he? Yeah. Wait, well, uh, he got that cheated. That, that was that was massive. And it's like Abby Clancy. Fair, fair well, yeah, she it. took him back though, didn't she? Yeah. 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 Bad. And he got two more buns in the other after, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> ben Thatcher on Pedro Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> Elbowed him and he slumped him into the sponsor boards on the sidelines. I don't remember this. Ben Thatcher the fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I do remember this. He might yeah. break his jaw or something. Yeah, like yeah. yeah big time. Yeah, I do remember now. <laughs> uh, Oscar De La Hoya in the fishnets. <clears throat> Allegedly, despite the pictures. Yeah. Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer yeah, having a scrap. One. That was that's one of my favourite all-time things. So I remember reading it on teletext, yeah. and it's like <laughs> Lee Bowyer and Kieran Dyer have been sent off. You know like, what for? And it says for for fighting, and and we were like right, and it says each other afterwards. Yeah. And it was like, and then you're there like. Everyone tuning in to match was, the day. News was better when it broke like that. Right, that's it. Because obviously it was before rumors. You had yeah. rumors before the story. It was before the days of Twitter, so nothing was accessible, and it was a three o'clock kickoff, so it wasn't on TV. <laughs> so no one had any footage. And it was back when Sky just had everyone at the grounds, and you couldn't see. You just had someone with like everyone like yeah. pointing down at the pitch, and everyone tunes in for match of the day just to see <laughs> this spectacle. And we weren't disappointed because it was a proper scrap. Yeah, see, whereas nowadays they wouldn't, they wouldn't even talk about it. They they put the camera the other way yeah, and they just quickly glimpse about yeah. it, and that's yeah. that. They wouldn't talk about it like um, st- with uh, streakers. Yeah. I miss those yeah. days. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you want to see. Every commentator goes, "Oh, this is not what you want to see." That's exactly <laughs> yeah, what we want to see. Show us, and we'll yeah. tell you if it's what we want to see <laughs> yeah. or not. Yeah. yeah, that one in the Champions League was special. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Beckham and the cornrows. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The sarong, yeah, the cornrows. Yeah. He he, he wore, had this stupid incident uh, in in the World Cup. Well, he 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 wore he was a, just silly guy. Sometimes. He wore a do rag to meet Nelson Mandela. Yeah, he's definitely not getting waves <laughs> from the do rag. So, so I don't know what he was wearing that for. But. Uh, Rooney with the grannies. Oh my god! Yeah, you can take the man out Multiple. of the case, but <laughs> yeah, it's just Rooney, isn't it? Rooney is just a weird guy. Yeah. Like you look at him and you hear him, you hear him speak, and he actually is so weird because I I think of Prime Rooney, Rooney when he was like half bold and he had a little patch on that yeah. like Steve McLaren patch. Yeah. Did, did, yeah. you, did you see that clip on Twitter this this week? I think at the weekend it was like, uh, whose house would this be with the Liverpool fan? Oh yeah, this? yeah. I, yeah, I quote I quote tweeted Christ. it saying lads from Gloucester that have never been to Anfield. <laughs> Well, we've spoken about it a lot on here, the way uh, Nonce gets thrown about and that yeah. was one of them. <laughs> Check that man's hard drive. Anyone else have any, they want to chuck in before I have a final question for us? No. Okay, so are sports better or worse with a dominant champion? We saw Khabib get a victory again this weekend. The big question was, 
who can beat him? So if we take this for any sport, is sport better with a dominant champion or not? Well, it depends on the sport. I think often you need someone else. Like in football, we're treated to Ronaldo and Messi. I think, you know, they make each other better by being so dominant. It's entertaining so if it, you have some adversity in there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Floyd Mayweather's career isn't looked upon as as absolute beauty because, to be honest, there was, you know, if you are if you really know your boxing, there was a lot of boxers around, but not big, massive names that he was taking down every year type thing. It's, I, saw, I saw a tweet about this and it, I was going to reply on the weekend. I thought, don't do it. Hmm. And it was saying... Mayweather created this era where it was acceptable to duck people. I don't know who he ducked. What? Yeah, yeah. He didn't duck. His resume yeah, no, compared to anyone is mental. Another, another one would be Lennox Lewis. Lennox yeah. Lewis only could fight the guys that, that were in the division Lennox at the is time. A clown. I don't yeah. respect yeah. Lennox. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I think we saw this year in the Champions League or the season previously the closest thing to being having no dominant force. And I think it's just absolute chaos. You had like Real Madrid going out to Ajax. You had Spurs beating City. You had Liverpool losing 3-0 and then winning 4-0 at home. It was just anyone could have won it this year. And I think that pains me as a Chelsea fan, not having Chelsea in the mix that year. Aside from Khabib, the thing that made me think of it is how boring it is with Sissy on TV. Oh yeah. no, this done whatever on TV. But this is is what I mean. I can't ever watch City play because I know the result before I've watched it. At least with Liverpool, you get a bit of drama sometimes. Like the old Liverpool, I mean, yeah. they could win, they could lose kind of thing. I think you still watch them and think anything could go wrong. There is a, a feeling of that in some games, not all games, but some of them, more I mean, than City, where you think, the, you know it won't. The thing, the thing with City is that you know as soon as they get that first goal, that's the done. game done, yeah. you might as well just switch off. If they concede first, then you think, well, hang on a minute, and then you'll watch it for 10 minutes and then they'll score three. Yeah. And it's yeah. just G's them on even more. But it's like the same with rugby almost. It's like you've got... The All Blacks is the dominant team in well, international rugby. So it's like the Rugby World Cup already turns into... When the Lions be- celebrated a draw. Well, yeah. But when you Enjoy. think when you think of the torrid time that the Lions have had away in New Zealand, it is, it is a fairly big achievement. But yeah, I'd rather have it more open. The thing is, I think that um, when it comes to dominant champions and stuff and, and one particular person dominating their field... Every dog has their day. It's, we look. If, if we'd it's worth talk, it for the fall, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when when um, I first started coming on the pod, Demetrius Johnson was unstoppable. Yeah. He was the dominant force in MMA. Everybody thought put him in with someone that's similar Never size and height. Champion Zahudo from the start. Yeah, see, but we, you could have championed well. him, but on the same side at the time, we did all think it's going to take a lot of work for someone to derail this man. I picked him on the pod to win, not confidently, but I did pick him. Yeah, well... That was to be that guy, though, wasn't it? That was just to be the guy <laughs> yeah. who said they, they so did it. It's rugby league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for example, in rugby, um, rugby in um, boxing, at the moment, there isn't a clear heavyweight I'm going to beat everyone kind of thing. It's, but the annoying thing about boxing... People will tell you it's Tyson Fury. Yeah, but the annoying thing <laughs> is about boxing it is the politics. Yeah. Like What we want to see is we want to see Fury and Tyson... Um, Fury AJ. and Wilder... Wilder. Yeah rematch Do and then AJ fight the winner or just like a round robin we just like freeze every, Fury out yeah every like couple of couple of weeks just get them all in a ring to see who wins <laughs> that's what you want to see did anyone know Fury was fighting this weekend no did well anyone, I, I knew anyone care? obviously I knew but £20 pay-per-view against Otto Wallen no I'm not paying <laughs> I won't be paying for it but I'll definitely tune in <laughs> I always in, like watching it's in Vegas fight. so if you want to get it's up entertaining. early it's entertaining 
It's in Vegas. You like have to get ah. up early to watch that. Is it worth that? Is it worth your time? It's definitely like, not worth that much time. <laughs> <laughs> here's, a, here's a question from someone that isn't completely up to date with all the everything boxing. Is there a specific time frame that people have to have for like concussion rules that have a gap between a fight? Yeah. yeah. How long is that gap? Do you know roughly? About three months. I think. So it has to, is, if you get knocked out, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be three months. Yeah, I think so. So why can't we just all out, have a round robin every three months? Someone's having a scrap, and we can all get entertained. They don't get paid enough. And that is, Boundaries and that, set, and that is the problem with it because people yeah. go on about cash and football. Well, and, and the preparation is yeah. does more damage than the fight in most yeah. instances. Um, I think it, just to put in there about the com- competition thing, the championship is one of my favourite leagues because you never know who's going to win, who, mm. who, where anyone can be anywhere kind of thing. So I think that for just sheer drama is brilliant. I think that's what you want from sport, really. Dominance as well does raise everyone else's game around yeah. them. I mean, the the West Indies dominated Test cricket for over does the opposite years. in some American sports because other teams just pack it in and say, "Look, we're well, there is try that, you know, because like, obviously." For international cricket, they must have been feeling that sort of way at some point. So what is the point in us turning up here to get our heads bowled off every game? But eventually, you will have your day. And, you know, you've got to learn what from the greats, basically. I like dominance because I hate it. Because I hate dominant teams in general. So therefore, that gives me a good reason. Be it Man United down the years, New England Patriots, Golden State, whatever. I've got a a particular hatred for all of them. I can't really sort of relate to it so therefore you, you, like you said you watch for the fall mm-hmm. so as long as there's like some sort of fallibility there I think it's attractive it's when I'll be honest like, like John Jones how much of many fights do I want to watch him because even his closest rival DC I didn't really give much a chance to he's just too much he's too good so it's there comes a point where I, like for example Khabib I think there's fallibility I think people can I can make a case for Tony I can make a case for Connor against him because like someone like John Jones on so the flip side, I really couldn't. So there's, there's a line between how dominant you can be before it becomes it's, unattractive. It's going back to your saying, you ha- your hatred of Man United people. We all still hate them now. <laughs> yeah, it's and not they, they, that long. And they haven't dominated no. now for what no. since 2005. They're not sheer dominance. We've been scarred childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my most hated things, and it's probably how a lot of people feel with uh, Mayweather, is when someone gets to retire without taking that L, and you never get to see a yeah. Ward doing it killed me because <laughs> he lost twice to Kovalev the second one should have been a DQ and Canelo is going to have it not without losing but without losing to Triple G you can find in boxing though that it is quite fixed in that regard that if hey. there's a I mean I've watched enough boxing fights to think hang on that's a bit dodgy that doesn't seem a bit that doesn't seem quite like Fury versus Wilder I don't think I don't think I don't I don't think Wilder won that. It's fury. Take 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 the hatred out of it. All he had no, they were two knockdown. All he had to do was win two rounds for a draw. No one can tell me he didn't win two rounds. He could have won the first three because Fury didn't throw a punch. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's not a debate. problem is that a knockdown is, is immediately a 10-8. Yeah. That's, the, that's, that's an issue in yeah. itself because good. he didn't he didn't win those rounds. Like, he did. No, he just knocked he the man on the floor and then Fury came back and We're not back changing the rules of boxing him for Fury. No, we don't have to change them for Fury, but it's, it is a situation of where it does need to be looked at. Ro- Rogan said about with MMA though is that do we need to stack it more in favour of damage rather than sort of yeah. blows because ultimately you're going there to try and knock him out 
So therefore, do you say if he's really badly hurt him, you weigh it more heavily in favour than if he say if he darts around him and landed more? Yeah, and and I think as like a novice coming into watch boxing, I didn't think Fury lost that boxing match. But obviously, I didn't know the The rules. Commentary charmed you. Yeah, but I didn't know the rules. This is in 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 because if he. If you watch a guy pick up all these rounds, you think, well, he must have wrapped up in a round. And then when you look at it back, you think, well, if you give Wilder two here and then yeah, two other things, yeah, exactly. suddenly you start doing the maths and it yeah. doesn't... In Japan, bad. they score fights as a whole rather than rounds. They yeah. score it. You came closer to winning, to oh. knocking the other one out. So that's how we judge it. So they you can wrestle someone... similar with MMA, didn't yeah, they? That's that's how they score Where MMA in Japan. From, yeah. So you can, you can wrestle for two rounds and then be out on your feet in the third and you lose the fight. It was a little bit like with... Yeah, it was um, pride that sort of came with it, wasn't yeah, it, first? Yeah, yeah. Well. That's nice. It was a little bit like with Lomachenko Campbell the other weekend, where Campbell gave a good account of himself. Yeah. And then when you heard the scorecard, it was like, oh, fucking hell, it was almost a whitewash. And you think, okay, he did do really well, but he didn't win most of these rounds, so it looked bad no. on paper. Campbell's an interview since saying it could have been a draw, so... <laughs> and, he'll, and he'll win the rematch. That is... Yeah. Does anyone else have anything to chip in? Because we'll still be hearing from Alex, so we have been here. We just, got, quick, we've done, just quickly, yeah. uh, Dustin Poirier has gone up in everyone's stock, hasn't he? Yeah. His, his stock Poor has bloke. definitely risen. People are just l- lapping that shit up. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got nothing to be ashamed of or anything. He nah, did well. It just is what it is with Khabib. I, I enjoy watching Khabib fight. A lot of people don't like, they get turned off by that. I kind enjoy of watching smothering. him against legit guys. I didn't enjoy the Barboza mm. one. Where we need to see him against an out, out rest of AC. That's why we want the Tony Ferguson fight. But look, looks like Conor McGregor's going to get it. Yeah, GSP, that would be fucking phenomenal, wouldn't it? Yeah. But GSP's a bit old. I feel like yeah. he'd hurt him. Like, is, yeah. is McGregor going to fight Khabib, do you reckon, then? At some point, yeah. But he slapped the tweet out there. That's enough for him to say. Someone said he's in a rematch. Uh, Dennis Seaver. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> you think Tony Ferguson will break his leg walking down the road or something, and then Conor would be yeah, up right, right. right. on so Yeah, he's yeah that's sort of true. Yeah. Khabib said, "I don't care what money it is. Don't even pick up the phone and ask me to fight him." He said, "Why?" What with Conor? Yeah, he said, "Why would I fight a guy who has not won in three years? Why should he fight for the belt?" <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's I get fair, that because a lot of the comments was coming at him saying, "Fight someone that's yeah. top ten, beat them, then we'll talk." Type he thing, had you know? the Pettis but... and Cerrone fights on a plate, and he would have smashed both of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, that's whole another whole another topic. So. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Spitballing Pod. Hang around if you'd like to hear AJ's diary from the 70.3 World Championships in Nice. We'll be back next week. Not sure what group of us will have there, but we'll have Troy back. If it's not next week, it'll be sometime soon. We're in contract negotiations with Jack, so we'll uh, see what's going on there. Yeah, changed my football training date to Monday, so I'm going to have to try and wangle something. If not, we got uh, Troy's waiting to sign the ting. Jump in my grave. <laughs> my, miss, my missus tried telling me that flipping, um, the, I'm going to have to change the date of the podcast because she goes to the gym on a Monday. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, the gym's only open on a fucking Monday, is it? Hell no. You go to him a different day. <laughs> Dial her in. We'll do the yeah. intro. She can say, she yeah. Jack's seat. We'll have a word. <laughs> the one day a week gym regime. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. See you next week. Goodbye. So uh, here I am at Nice, 70.3 World Championships. Um, so yeah, it's um, probably the highest standard field ever assembled for this distance. Um, 
both in the age group and the professional field, uh, is going to be quite a tactical one by the looks of things. Uh, the bike course is going to make for an interesting feature. Uh, the climb is, like, you know, pretty good, but it's actually the descent. The descent goes on for a long period of time. It's very technical. Um, there are a lot of people out here which haven't ridden the course, do not know the course, and there are people here that have spent a, not, a long period of time researching the course, practicing the course, um, and also simulating the course in other places. Um, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage. I have done the descent once, but I know for a fact that uh, riding the setup that I do with the disc is a, maybe going to be a bit of a disadvantage, and uh, I'm not going to be able to ride right on the limit because I just don't know the course that well. Um, so I need to work hard to make the time up elsewhere on the dis on the ascent and at the start, and then flat or false flats coming back into uh, T2. Um, is where I need to make up as much time as possible, which is going to hurt. Just got to hope it's, hope it's enough. So uh, another interesting feature for this course is that it's likely to be a non-wetsuit swim for both the pro field and the age group field. Uh, the male, the, the uh, pro field um, has a lower threshold, so they have a compulsory non-wetsuit swim after 22 degrees, and the age group field, if it goes above 24 then it's compulsory non-wetsuit. Um, I've been in the sea. Um, I am, I've been colder getting into 29 degree swimming pools. Um, I will be gobsmacked if it is a wetsuit legal swim, but bit of a uh, bit of uh, political and uh, uh, tactics from Ironman in terms of, you know, marketing sponsorships and keeping the general, general entries happy. Um, is they will go, they'll do everything possible to make it a wetsuit swim, um, mainly because um, a lot of it's safer for them. Uh, you can't, uh, in theory, drown in a wetsuit. Um, but realistically, um, I think it's uh, naive of them because it's very, very dangerous to overheat in the water like this. Um, I'm hoping for a non-wetsuit because I'm a really strong swimmer. I'm not overly comfortable in a wetsuit anyway. My stroke's very smooth and long and relies a lot on timing. Wetsuit tends to break up my swim timing a bit, um, so I'm quite unreliable in the open water when it comes to wetsuits. So um, a non-wetsuit swim would give me a distinct advantage over a few people, um, which, yeah, I'm hoping for a non-wetsuit, um, but we'll see what happens. We've had a rain shower um, Friday evening, which may bring the sea temperature down a bit, but still... I reckon it's about 27 at the least in there at the moment and it needs to drop three degree, which is very unlikely. But, you know, Ironman can be a bit cheeky when it comes to things like this, as I experienced in 70.3 lands already last year. So we'll see what happens. So the um, reports from the girls today with regards to the bike courses, really, this race is won or lost or made in any way, depending on where you want to try and finish on that descent. Um there, we know people that are really good cyclists but are not great with handling skills down the hill um, that lost, you know, with like fractions of the cyclists time-wise today that they we know that they can be. Um, so I've made, um, it's not ideal for me. Uh, realistically, I think I'm 
like I sort of knew this at the start of the um, start of the trip after getting here and having a little look at it that I may have to concede some time um, there. But realistically, I think I uh, I need to go for it um, a lot more aggressive and take some risks. So um, I made the decision to switch wheels today uh, to remove the disc and just go for a deep section rear rim, which should hopefully give me a bit more braking power, less weight to uh, to hold on the uh, to to stop on the way down. Um, but and I'm going to have to just try and ride that my, that descent more aggressively and try not to lose any time there if I'm uh, realistic about being in contention. Um, it's going to be quite a technical race. Um, the uh, the swim should be realistic. After today, we haven't had a thunderstorm today or anything like that, so the air temperature stayed pretty consistent. Um, the swim should be non-wetsuit, but I can see it being wetsuit. Um, I do know a couple of people that overheated in a wetsuit today, so something for me to consider i may have a slight adapting option um on the morning but we'll see um in terms of a bit of kit which i might use instead of a wetsuit that is neoprene partly uh but it's difficult um this, this experience has turned into a very very tactical learning curve for me um the standard is going to be very very high tomorrow um the way that the waves start for each category is definitely something new for me that i'm uh, is going to potentially make my race, my categories race, quite interesting as I'm expecting ours is ours is one of the last waves to go, and uh, I'm expecting traffic out on that bike course. So um, it's kind of another reason why I decided to go for a disc a, a wheel option without the disc, so I can be uh, effectively more responsive to uh, to heavy braking needs and various things like that. But could be sketchy we did have a bad there was a bad accident in the women's race today um but yeah it's uh, we'll see what happens uh but yeah this is me signing out um i'm gonna try and uh, go and start the final meal gonna head back to the apartment now try and get a bit of sleep and uh and then yeah wake up in the morning and uh, go uh, start time for my start time for me will be around the 8:42 mark um, I'll be trying to get right on the front, um, but uh, we get a lot off in groups of 10 um, in each category with a few second gap. So 8.42 is my way, my group's uh, age group start time. So, yep, uh, you can track me. My number is 3392. Um, or just search me by name on the tracker. And yeah, um, got to try and enjoy myself tomorrow. Um, but realistically i want to come here and i want to contend so you know anything short of a win with me and i'm probably going to be a bit unhappy about it afterwards so but yeah regardless um i'll see you on the other side hi so it's uh, alex uh post ironman 70.3 world championships nice um disaster to be honest um i didn't have remotely close to the day that i wanted to have and i didn't remotely have close to the experience i was hoping to have um, being a world championship race, the way that the race is started is different to that of a normal, um, let's say qualifying event or, um, or just a standard 70.3 or Ironman. Uh, normally with a standard Ironman 70.3 or normal Ironman, uh, you, regardless of your category, you just self seed yourself at the swim start. Um, so like for me, I just put myself right on the front. So I'll be one of the w- first in the water. Um, now, with the World Championship events, what they do is they send you off in categories. Um, and depending on the size of your category, 
Um, they are, they have some sort of weird system of where they work out where they're going to position the different categories. Uh, but there was 12 categories to go today and, uh, mine was second to last. And in front of me, I had, uh, the 50 to 55, the 55 to 60 and so on. Like, I think the next after that was like 35 to 40. And then after that, 30 to 35. Um, now, I'll be honest, I kind of, most people knew that this race was oversubscribed coming in, um, in terms of Ironman had sold too many places. Um, there was quite a bit of politics involved with Ironman at the moment in terms of them just money grabbing as much as possible. Um, with entries for this race being 400 odd, 400 odd, 421 quid, um, which is ridiculous in itself. They were just money grabbing, grabbing as much as possible. Obviously, uh, it turns out. You had 5,300 and something odd athletes competing here. Uh, 35% of that was women and the rest were men. Uh, so it roughly works out that it was about, uh, like 3,500 or something men out there today. Um, but yeah, the race started for me. Um, I was the second last wave to go. Um, I went into the water 200 meters in. We're on the back of the 50, the weakest swimmers in the 50 to 55 category. And then the swim was just a case of just working my way through, trying to navigate through all these different people from different categories that were still in the water in front of me. Um, out of the water onto the bike. Um, the swim wasn't great for me, to be honest. Um, it went, it turned out to be a non wetsuit swim. So I suppose there is that. Uh, but the swim wasn't great for me. Um, I'm still struggling to translate my pool speed into open water speed. Um, but went out onto the bike <coughs> and immediately it was a draft fest. Um, I'm angry because if I wanted to do a sportif, I would have signed up for a sportif. Um, the rules are 12 meters for drafting at this, uh, the Ironman events. So that's 12 meters from the front wheel to the back wheel of the, um, sorry, the front wheel to the next rider's front wheel, 12 meter gap. Um, and straight away on the bike, it was just one long line, like one, one long peloton all the way to the top of the col, um, the top of the main climb. Um, the, obviously the effects of drafting along the climb aren't really that prominent, but it's still against the rules. Um, and there were a lot of segments at the start and then sort of on the lower gradient segments of the main climb of where the drafting effect was like, like in full, you know, in full flow. Um, and I'll be honest, 20 minutes into the bike, I, I, I nearly pulled out. I was absolutely appalled at what I was looking at. Um, it was just, just groups and packs of cyclists working together in pelotons um and you know i i was having to the rules are as well that it's it should be one uh it should be one cyclist and then if you're overtaking you overtake on the left so there should be no more than two abreast at any given time and today it was three abreast four abreast five abreast at some points i was virtually cycling on the other side of the road the majority of the way up um and it was it was appalling absolutely appalling um it is to this date the worst race experience i've had um and i i completely lost my head 20 minutes in i was screaming at uh referee bikes that were going by i was screaming at other athletes to get off my wheel 
Um, and yeah, I just completely lost it. Um, I lost all hunger for, um, like any sort of battle after that point. I, I put in a respectable bike split, but it was a terrible, terrible experience. And the descent was as treacherous as a lot of us thought it might be. Um, there was on my way down, I witnessed, I saw four really bad accidents. Uh, we had two guys that went into a wall at high speed. Um, and apparently there was many more through the day. I know there's a significantly bad crash in the male pro race. Um, I myself, I wanted to try and take some risks and really ride that descent fast. But, uh, after start, I sort of summited and started to start the descent. I got overtaken, um, by this guy. He was going down like a bat out of hell, clearly knew the route well. So I thought I'd try and stick with him and try and follow his lines. What the problem was, was, was when we started to overtake other cyclists that were out on the course because it was all clogged up, we were that second cyclist across. And then we had people passing on the a third person coming on my left hand side, which was ridiculously dangerous. I had uh, three to four people cro- uh, virtually brush elbow, uh, brush, brush shol- shoulders with me passing on the outside, which they're not meant to be doing. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I completely, I completely bottled and clammed up. I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I was going to be taking ridiculous risks and potentially crashing and ending my season and affecting next season there. And then I've still got 70.3 lands already to come in four weeks. But yeah, it was, it was appalling today. I got onto the run and I was pretty upset and angry and I just literally just plodded round. Um, I think uh, I may have got my build to this race a bit wrong, um, judging by how I felt in the few last few days leading up to the race. So realistically, between now and 70.3 Lanzarote, I need to kind of work out the safest and most efficient way to build to it correctly and recover to it correctly. Um, but yeah, I got onto that run and the main goal for me on that run was to get round, um, not overheat and not be out there for too long. Um, so yeah, you know, time wise, I was way off the split that I wanted to do on the bike, way off the split that I wanted to do in the swim and way off the split that I wanted to do in the run. So yeah, first world championship experience, not a great one. Not sure how I feel about trying to qualify for further world championship events as a age grouper, certainly in this category. Um, but I'll see, uh, got to go back to the drawing board and kind of swallow how I'm feeling right now, which is pretty down, but this is sport for you. Um, came here with high expectations and was really hoping for a big result and it didn't come to fruition. Uh, I trained my ass off for it. And the thing that I'm most upset about is the experience and, uh, what I trained for wasn't ever actually there is the realistic point. The event that I trained for didn't actually happen. Um, so yeah, pretty, pretty down, pretty, you know, feeling sorry for myself, but give me a few days and I'll get back to, back to business and uh, build 70.3 Lanzarote where I can hopefully end the season on a high. But yeah, anyway, thanks for listening and I'll catch up with you when I'm back on the pod.